Sports with Katie Nolan is presented by Coors Light, the beer made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, I'm Hillary Duff from Losing the Wire, and you're watching Disney Channel. Hey! <laughs> Hello, my favorites. People that I love so much. Oh. And welcome to Sports. It's a podcast. I'm oh. Katie Nolan. <laughs> She's Ashley. Hi. He's Jay. Hello. And this is today's question. Hey, Katie, Ashley, and Jay. This is Katie from Indianapolis. Woo! I am calling to ask, with all of the decoms that I've been watching and confusion about what exactly is a Visco girl, <laughs> what is the worst trend that you have lived through? <laughs> I think after watching the first episode of Lizzie McGuire, mine would definitely be the hair of the early 2000s with all the sticky uppy braids and weird stuff like that. All right. Thanks. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Love you, Katie. Thank you for calling. That's uh, not a bad choice. The sticky uppy braids. Yeah. But I will say I had short hair in the in that era, mm-hmm. and so all the like butterfly clips and stuff like I could it was a trend I could participate in. Whereas if the trend was like updos, I was like, eh, I'm out of luck. Oh yeah, I got nothing. So like I hated it, but I also participated in it aggressively. <laughs> I needed people to know I was in fact a girl. Uh, I wore a lot of purple eyeshadow. Mm. 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 Um. So what the question is? What is the worst trend that you've lived through? Hmm. My first thought was bell-bottom jeans. We did that for a long time, though. Low-rise jeans, too. Low-rise jeans. Oh, my God. Like, it's, we're still doing it. For? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, men. You know who it was for. But, like, Christina Aguilera shows up to one VMAs with her thong hanging out, and everyone's like, ooh, let's make our jeans lower. But they didn't look good on anybody. No, and they, and they never they, stayed up. And they created that muffin top. It, oh, it my God. It became a problem. It's it was terrible. never a problem before. Even if those go back in style, I'm not. I'm never going back to I'm, that. I'm all into the high-waisted. Not even to wear them in a fashionable way, just so they're underneath my shirt, pulling in everything happening underneath <laughs> it. That's a good one. What's yours, Ash? Did you ever wear, like, the giant jeans? Oh, you j- mean Jinkos? Yes, but not just that brand. Like, I remember going to Old Navy and I'd go immediately I love to the that men's trend. section. I love and that get trend. The, like, I, I'm still doing that trend. No, you're not. Well, see, I'm not, but not on purpose. The other day I put on my quote unquote boyfriend jeans, those like that style, which was supposed to be a little bit baggier yeah. and they were tight. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> so you're right. I'm no longer participating in that trend. No, but like not the, because I mean like the, like, yeah, the huge ones. Mm. Those were bad. They, they weren't. Had, they weren't great. They had like pockets that went like all the way down the pant leg. And they always had that hammer, <laughs> that hammer hook. Yes, they did. <laughs> it was like, like none of us are carrying around a hammer. <laughs> Why do we have this <laughs> denim hammer hook? Also, at my school, we went through like a, a wannabe punk phase, and so like I wore a, a, like an actual dog collar for a while. You've said this before, and it's made me uncomfortable every time <laughs> yeah. because your boyfriend bought it for he you, did. and that's, I don't like, like that from Petco. Yeah, that's a <laughs> thing. Okay. That's like a, a dumb, a dominant, submissive relationship. <laughs> but like everybody was doing it. It was yeah, yeah. Your boyfriend bought you a dog collar. Is what that story? Yeah, everybody boils was wearing down to. actual dog collars as necklaces, and so to let you know that you were his, he bought that you a dog collar. Did it have like your your like, little, like Health information on it. <laughs> his his phone number. Yeah, his mo- his home your boy type. It would have to be this giant <laughs> tag with all my health issues. 
like a flip like over a, for more, like a Flava Flav <laughs> clock, but it just says like you can't have aspirin. <laughs> Is that what it is? Ibuprofen. Yeah, ibuprofen. Same thing. It's, no, it's, it's not. That's importantly, a di- there's a big difference that I'm I have to. Li- to yeah, yeah. You're allergic to. Okay. See, clearly, I know. <laughs> Jay, did you have one? Oh yeah. Uh, popped collars. Just, I and- like that Jay waits for us to ask him for well, his. It's very polite. I, I, your your is guys' he? takes are good. Okay, then I, why? It's... Then you could. Here's the thing. Here's what we'll do. Here's the new rule. If your take is bad, you don't have to have one. No, but my, this one is good. Oh, okay. Uh, it was pop collars and puka shell necklaces. Oh my god, puka shell necklaces! <laughs> Everybody had one of those. I yeah, don't real think bad. It's that bad. Oh, it was I the worst. Oh, Ashley's face says she's still into it to Steve. Steve no, absolutely no, no, no. used to wear at least two puka shell necklaces. Oh, I don't yeah, think. I don't absolutely, think he, or he had like a shark tooth. He may have. I think he probably had both. He had his ear pierced. Oh hmm. god, Steve. My ex-boyfriend had. Both of his ears pierced in high school. Oh, not he wasn't my ex-boyfriend. He's my recent ex-boyfriend <laughs> in high school. Had both of his ears pierced. I'm like, okay, cover all your bases. I don't yeah. know. Whatever. <laughs> Look, we all made dumb decisions. We all did dumb things. Yeah. Every trend is bad. I always think about like now, like what am I going to look back on in twenty years and be like, why did we do that? And I thought that then too. I'm like, we don't do anything weird. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Like what I wear now is like sweatshirts that don't have a hood, jeans, <laughs> sneakers. I don't see how I could make fun of myself for that in 20 years, but I feel like I will. Because when you were wearing bell-bottom jeans, you weren't like, what are we going to make fun of? These make perfect sense. They go right over your <laughs> shell toes. It's perfect. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, great question, Katie. Um, Ash, do you know what a Visco girl is? No. You don't even have a – have you ever even seen anything about it? No. You're not spending as much time on TikTok as, as I thought. I, I haven't been on, I really Ash, have been off TikTok since Stardew came into my life. Ash, describe what you think of Visco Girl. That's is. what I was going to say, but then if she doesn't have anything know, to base that, it I, off. That's, this is like when we ask her to talk about movies. It's I'd say like, like Valley, Southern California. Oh, you're trying Ooh. to put the letters to mean something. Yeah, why would, why oh. wouldn't they? Why well, because what they stand for is an app. Oh. Oh. Go ahead. Something, a light bulb went off. I don't oh. know. Kind of <laughs> no, I just, okay. Uh, I mean, she wasn't. You weren't that far off with your with. Strangely enough, I don't know. All right, it, I didn't think you would. It's like um, Jay. You can probably synthesize it better, but I will say I'll just give characteristics. They you have a lot of scrunchies on their hand on their wrists. Mm-hmm. They have a. Um, they use a big um, hydro flask, like the thing PG carries around. <laughs> yeah. They don't like straws um, because save the turtles. Yep, and they say. That's how they laugh, I think, or yes. greet each other. Yes. Um, and they wear their hair in a messy bun, like re- like messier than our messy buns. Like they pull pieces out of it. And oh, big, like intentionally messy. Yes, and like big oversized t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. I mean, I, that sounds kind of great. Yeah. It sounds like me, and, except for like the no the tr- straws. I love straw straws. thing. Yeah, straws are great. There's know, a lot of plastic back. we can attack aside from the straws. Yeah. So what – okay. We can talk about more. I know. It doesn't – it's fine. <laughs> If you guys want to, leave us a voicemail. One more. <clears throat> leave us a voicemail. A little better, I guess. I think it's that <laughs> like you lean towards the mic is what makes – it's fine. Uh, the number is 860-506-5571. We're going to be doing an all-voicemail podcast soon-ish with the holidays coming up. So if that burning question you've been waiting to ask, mm-hmm. ask it short. Ask it short. Ask it quickly. And yes. tell us that you love us. And don't forget your name. It's always weird. But anyway, thanks for your for your uh, question, Katie. 
Hi, Ash. Hi. How was your weekend? It's so good. We're going to talk about it in depth a little bit later because I went to a wedding mm-hmm. for one Dan Levitard mm-hmm. um, and his new wife, Valerie, mm-hmm. and it was lovely. I figured we'd make it a, a topic on the podcast. How was your weekend? It was good. Those Pittsburgh weddings, the cookie tables they have. Oh, you went to oh. a wedding as well. That's right. Yeah. Have you have you been to a Pittsburgh wedding? Do you know about cookie tables? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Tell me more. I, it's It's just a tradition. That I didn't know existed until I started dating my now husband. And I've been to so many of them. They you have like cake, yay, cake, dessert. Then they also just have tables and tables of different kinds of cookies that like friends and family make. So what? You have to BYOC? Like only like the close people like to the bridal party will like make a bunch of cookies and then they just lay them all out and you get like a little goodie bag and you it's like a At buffet the of, of just – no, it's like kind of like in the middle, like after dinner – like they'll cut the cake and everything and yeah, then they'll why announce would you make like the a, cookie tables open. Why would you make a goodie bag if you were going to eat them there? To bring them home after you've been That's drinking. That's what I'm saying. You should do it at the, uh, you should oh, do you do at both. the end. You, well, you eat while you're there and then okay. you also bring them home. I cool. like, still have a bag overflowing. Did anyone make a pot cookie? Question number one. No. Question number two. Where Not is that, that bag? No. Why wouldn't you bring it to work? Uh, I left it at my house because why? I'm selfish. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we acknowledge yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just – Full, full guards on the table. Jay, it's I know incredible. I know you don't normally come into Friendly Banjo. I don't want to freak you out. But we had an interaction with um, with a fan, I guess, question mark? Yeah, at question the, mark. At the bar on Thursday. We did. You guys went to the bar? Yeah. We did. Oh. So after the show, well, I was going because Michael Jr. came to visit to watch the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we uh, afterwards met up with Charlotte Wilder and, uh, and Jess Matana. And Natalie Weiner, I invited her to come too. So it's like a big group of just people. And Jay was looking like he needed a drink and was kind of looking around and nobody was t- – and I was like, hey, Jay, we're going to go as well. And he was like, I'd love to. And so he came. So we went to the bar. It wasn't like we were like, let's wait till Ashley leaves and mm-hmm. then we're going to head to the bar. But so we went there. It was this big table of people and um, I had to leave. It was so dumb. Jay tried to help me out with like – I don't understand how courier services work. Yeah. Like people go and fetch stuff for you and I needed to go up to 50, 50 – I went – I had to go up in the city um, to pick up a suit and it felt really stupid to me because I'm like, I'm down here. I'm at the bar. I'm going to have to leave, pick up this suit and then come back down. Mm-hmm. Surely with all the apps we have, there's someone that can just go do that for me. So Jay was like, hmm, I'm on it. Uh, and then was like, <clears throat> uh, they won't be available until after uh, it clo- Bloomingdale's <laughs> closes. So I had to go and it ended up – I just had to leave. So anyway, I came – I went up there and then I came back. And when I came back, the table, everybody was there because people were streaming in slowly. But it looked like to an outsider, I was the last person there and I was running in late. The reason I mentioned that is because then I saw on Twitter somebody say something about it being very – I should have pulled these up. Uh, yeah. Something about it being very on brand for me to run in late. To a table full of sports media all stars, um, and so I was like, I responded to the tweet and said, "Show yourself," because we realized there was a man in our midst <laughs> who thought that table I just described was a table of sports media all stars, <laughs> which we were like, "We must meet this man." Yeah, because I am a drink, right? Because to us, for sure, sports media all stars. <laughs> <laughs> to most. Sports media, like C team, like mm. the daytime at a strip club. Oh, is us, you know? 
Jay um, kindly included himself in the sports media all stars. Yeah, well, that's funny. There's a bunch of people reluctant to be called that, but but honored. And Jay was like, "Yeah, I also wouldn't say we are sports media all stars." <laughs> and I kind of looked at him like, "Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say that." Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's just the true thing. But so this that. guy was named Greg. So I said, "Show yourself." And he was like, "I regret to inform you, I left." Mm. So uh, so I took a video of the group, and we all kind of just gave Greg some. Sh- and it was just a bunch of, you know, sports media all-stars right. yelling no, like, where are you, Greg? What the <laughs> hell, Greg? Get back here, Greg. And then he sent a video back, expertly filmed, of him making eggs at his apartment uh-huh. and uh, putting way too much garlic powder in there. And I love garlic powder or salt, either one, both sometimes, most times. But it was just – he was dumping them on the eggs and said that he um, – He was busy. He said he wanted eggs. He said he had to go and he wanted eggs. Yeah. And I just thought it was a nice little interaction we had. That's beautiful. With Greg. So shout out to Greg. What's up, Greg? <laughs> uh, I don't know why I was I was going to ask you how you felt. How does it feel to be a sports media all-star, Jay? <laughs> Thank you so much for including me in that umbrella. I tried so hard not to. I know you did. And then. I, I know you did. There you were. <laughs> Here I am. So Jay got recognized at a bar is that story in a <laughs> wow. shorter sentence. Wow. It's good. Did he come out and be like, oh, yeah, and then Jay, who's like way more handsome than you would guess from his voice. <laughs> yeah. I, Jay, I'm, I always thought you were an uggo. I had no idea that was you. Yeah. That's what he said. It was Famously. Pretty, it was pretty crazy. All right. So should we move on into official show and pod business? Yeah. Uh, official pod business. We weren't supposed to have a podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> there was a mix-up at the factory. And, um, the, they didn't, there, we have no ads today. I guess that's like a, a it, the, that's the good thing. The bad thing was like we, we were supposed to have next week off. We don't. So what we're going to do, uh, we were going to have no podcast today and then make one next week for next week. That makes perfect sense. Um, but I was like, that's not fair. We have a section of the pod called Official Pod or Show Business. Mm-hmm. And we did not let our pod people know that we weren't having a pod this week. Mm. And people will be upset. Maybe it's only five people. But they'll be vocal about how upset they are. <laughs> and so we decided that we're just going to hop in the uh, in the studio here and make a quick pod. I mean, we always say that. It'll probably still be an hour, but it's going to be less structured than still usual. Be an hour. It's just like stuff that we want to talk about. And a half. All right. It's a shorter doc. Yeah, You'll notice minutes. since I made the doc, it's only six pages. <laughs> um, but it, it's a good looking doc. Just going to chat about <laughs> stuff that, uh, what I felt, that felt mean. No, it's a good doc. I like this doc. We're just going to big, beautiful doc. <laughs> Sitting on the dock of the bay. You're going to take the whole dock. <laughs> To your face. Oh boy. You're gonna share your doc with so many people. I just it's hard for me to get my hand around. Wow, Ashley! Problematic doc. All right. So anyway, what what we're telling you is it's uh we weren't prepped to do a pod today because they didn't we weren't supposed to have one and we're doing one anyway because we love you. So if it's a mess, just pretend you didn't have one and be grateful. You know, it's Thanksgiving. So I think you should give thanks. For this podcast. Bonus pod! Um, other official pod business. We mentioned last week doing a, a decom bracket that you guys could watch along with us and we could discuss. So in the second half of this non-existent pod today, mm-hmm. I pulled all of the – because I went through the list of decoms and there's so many. And there's so many that I never – that I didn't see that I was like, I kind of want to see them because they seem insane to talk about. Even then, I couldn't get it down below eight or two eight. So – then I was like, well, what if we do just sports ones? So I pulled all of the sports-related Disney Channel original movies. Mm-hmm. And in the second half of this non-existent pod, we will seed this – or we'll pick the eight that we're going to do for this bracket. So that next week, 
our Thanksgiving pod will just be the Disney Channel original movie sports movie bracket. Great. Does I that love work? that plan. Okay. That's a good plan. You just keep looking at me today like I'm not going to say any words. No, it's great. Okay. That's really good. Cool. What a good plan. But I didn't – I'm not – I don't want – okay. <laughs> today on the podcast, uh, like I said, no ads. We're just going to shoot the – we're going to talk about the Levitard wedding. We're going to talk Pat's Eagles. <laughs> Uh, pass interference. We're going to get Jay's thoughts on that. Kaepernick, Stephen Good. A. and Eric Reed. Um, I have a Star Wars take that I saw on the internet. I want to hear Ashley's uh, opinion on. She's got a hot take. She wants to tell me <laughs> that I don't think I'm gonna like very much. <laughs> and then we do that that movie bracket. But first, just kidding. No, but first, let's get right into it. Well, I mean, what? Just do what? Oh, are we belling? What if you? I have just... a question. Can we use our bells? Uh, if you want to, I didn't write any questions, so you can if you want. I don't think the people like them, but we'll find out, I guess. I feel like we should still do little ads to like break you, them, break up. The hey, floor like we're used to. Do you love burgers and Shake Shack? I do too. Uh, wouldn't it be great if Shake Shack sponsored this podcast? <laughs> to be to be clear, like the first week of a podcast. To be clear, for legal reasons, they don't. But to be even more clear, for financial and personal gain, they could. Uh, and they're and you know what rhymes with they could? They good. And that's what I always say about Shake Shack burgers without lettuce. Because get your lettuce off my burger. That's my personal take, and not Shake Shacks. I don't have like a stance. Shake Shack. It's good. Also, they're chicken, though. Well, yeah, the chicken sandwich. I, the advert's over. Sorry, but I, I usually say something me. irrelevant and like, you just, <laughs> can we move on? Like at the end, anyway. But also, so. but also, their chicken's really good. Uh, Dan Levitar got married this weekend. Yes, and you went to the wedding. I did. Congratulations to Dan and his wife Valerie. It was a beautiful wedding. Honestly, the most photogenic wedding I've ever seen. And we weren't allowed to take pictures. Yeah, I texted you like for twenty four straight hours asking for photos. Yeah. I sent get one. Eventually, you sent me a gift that someone put on Twitter. Yeah. Well, because so once Sarah, so okay, so I was we got a text, a group text. You know, team two phones over here. I hate it, but most people have either my work number or my personal number. So I got a text from Lebitard on my personal number, a big group text with a bunch of numbers I don't have saved in my phone, basically saying like, "Hey, try to keep me this media this uh, wedding off social media if you can." So I'm like, I don't even know who got this text, but I know that I'm on it. Main is on it. Pablo's on it. So we're going to, I guess we're not posting. Fine. Um, which is also my first thought, of course, was I'm always on my Instagram stories alone on a couch. Now I'm going to be at this <laughs> wedding and everyone's going to be like, yeah, and I'm not going to post anything. Feeds this narrative that boy, do I not have a life, which I'm actually fine with. Um, I saw somebody on the internet say they were surprised I got invited to the wedding. Aww. Well, it got a lot of downvotes. It's okay. People are on my side. But uh, <laughs> somebody responded like, yeah, it's just because she hates going – like she doesn't go to stuff because she hates going outside of her house and talking to people. <laughs> like that's my guy. That's, he gets me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we go to the wedding. There was like rumors of who – what famous people were going to be there. I was told Carrot Top was coming. I'm disappointed oh, to report he was not oh, there. Oh, no. Um, wow. But it was a – it was a uh, – it was a seat yourself situation. Oh, I hate those. Sorry. Yeah. I'd never been to a, a wedding like that. And I'd never been to a wedding with so many famous people at it. And the combination of those two made me immediately feel like I like me in middle school or high school. It was like a cafeteria. Like I knew I was going to walk into a space where groups of people all knew like we're sitting together, right? And then I'd be the one that's like, oh. <sighs> There's nowhere to sit. Yikes. Um, 
and I brought a date and I didn't want the date to think that I was a loser. I didn't want him to think that I had like a lame table. It ended up, I mean, I ended up at a cool table. It was like Mike Ryan and like, I, it was like a shipping container plus Marty table. Uh, so Marty Smith. So it was uh, obviously any, t- the other side of that is any table at that wedding is a good table. Right. But there was like this one table. It was like Mina, Sarah Spain. They're like everyone with their husbands, obviously. Like Mina, Sarah Spain, uh, Dan Patrick. It was just like the clear cool kids table. That everybody's like, oh man, what a table. I feel like your table's the cool kids. Obviously, table. we had a cool, fun time. Mm-hmm. Even though Marty's a snitch. <laughs> Marty's out here snitching. So, 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 Dan Patrick, I've never met. And, uh, he did a, he used to host Sports Jeopardy. I don't know if they're still doing that. And one time, the thing was like, this sports term shares its name with a late night show hosted by Katie Nolan. Uh, and it means meaningless time of a game, blah, 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 blah. So he said my name before, but he's also Dan Patrick. I don't think he remembered or knows who I am. I could have gone either way. So uh, I went up to him with Sarah because Sarah's similar to Diana in the sense that you stick with her at a party because she's going to go up to people and do the thing that you're like, oh, God, we are going to talk to LeBron. Okay. <laughs> so Sarah went right over to Dan and said, hi, they know each other. And I was with her and I was like, hi, nice to finally meet you. And then he joked with us that he wanted – he tried to wear the jacket that Dan wore on HQ last week when we all roasted <laughs> him. He's like, I wanted to come in a full suit. That was that. Uh, and he's like, but I couldn't find it. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with Dan Patrick. Yeah. So then later um, with my date who wanted to meet Dan Patrick, I ran into Dan Patrick and said something. And he said to the group we had then become a part of – Dan Patrick said, uh, Katie and I go way back. And I said, yeah, to like an hour ago when we met. And he was like, no, you sent a tweet about me years ago at a bar saying that I was doing shots. Um, and I only did one shot. And I was looking at him and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you said I'm at a bar with Dan Patrick or I'm at a, a bar that Dan Patrick is at. He's doing shots. Uh, but he's, there's too many people around him. I can't talk to him, blah, 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 blah. And then you sent over a guy later who came over and talked to me and said, do you know who that is? That's Katie Nolan. You should have her on your show. So we're in this group of people. I think like Sarah Spain was there just like a couple, everybody mattered in the group and this guy I'm trying to impress. And, uh, and I'm, I'm like, that's not, no, I did not do that. I absolutely (laughs) did not. That does not sound like me. Uh, we're all searching on Twitter trying to find the tweet. Nobody can find it. And Sarah, of course, being Sarah, is just trying to, like, get him to keep going. Like, keep attacking me. Keep, like, make the moment funny. But I'm like, Sarah, chill. I don't think I did that. Uh, come to find out later, um, somebody found the tweet. What happened was I said, like, I'm at a bar and did, it was in, like, 2013. So that's, for those who don't know, my first year in sports media. And they, and it was like, Dan Patrick's at this bar doing shots. The funny thing he took, uh, umbrage with was that I said doing shots. And he was like, I only did one shot. And I'm like, yeah, but Dan, that's just a, that's what you say. You yeah. don't say Dan Patrick is at this bar doing a shot. Then it sounds sad and lonely. <laughs> you were with a group of people, you were doing shots. And I, that's when I found that tweet, I was like, somebody else, um, told me where, what bar it was. And I realized I was with my boyfriend at the time. And my boyfriend at the time must have on his own 
gone up to Dan Patrick. Oh boy. And been like, that's Katie Nolan. You should have her on your show. And when I realized that's what happened, I felt so sick to my stomach because I don't particularly like that person anyway now. And he had both earrings in still. It was a different boyfriend. Oh, okay, just checking. <laughs> Keep them straight, Jay. I to- and also, I told you, I'm kidding. He didn't have the earrings when we dated. Because <laughs> now you're making it sound like I would date a guy with two earrings uh, who would m- muscle his way over to Dan Patrick and say, "Have her on your show." But I hated it, and I got like retroactively mad. But have you ever had something happen that you discover too late to like let that person know it really bothered you? Yeah. Like I'm not gonna reach back out to that guy and be like, "Why the fuck did you do that?" But then like. <laughs> I I just it it worked out as poorly as possible in that moment because like I'd found out that I'd called Dan Patrick a liar and he wasn't <laughs> and also that like I actually did do that thing that that weird story but anyway it worked out because Dan was like there's only one way to fix it we should go do shots right now did and I was like shots <laughs> no I think he said we should go do a shot right now so uh so I did a shot with Dan Patrick. Marty Smith was there. We had asked anybody else around us if they wanted shots. Everybody said no. Smart. And then Marty had just like wandered by and I, he's like, what are we doing over here? And I was like, shots. And he goes, I'll get in on it. So me, Marty Smith and Dan Patrick did a shot. The whole reason I'm telling this story is because Sarah posted that on social media. And so then once that happened, I was like, oh, so can we post things on social media? Uh, and then there was a photo booth section where it's like, come take pictures. And the whole time, because I'm a, this may surprise some people. If you tell me a rule, like I do try to follow it and I get very scared to be the one that doesn't. I know that's not a cool trait, (laughs) but I'm like, I'm not the person who at a media that has a social, uh, a wedding that has a social media embargo. That's like, screw it. I'm going to film. Cause I'm like, that's not cool. Right. But then when I see other people do it, I'm like, okay, then we're doing it, which probably isn't the right way to look at it. But you can have a photo booth at your wedding if you don't want those photos to be posted. You could just be texting them to your best friend. Which I did. I didn't? I thought I did. If you mouth no, they sorry, can't hear sorry. you. I'm sh- yeah, I'm shaking my head no. Right. No, you didn't. That's oh. okay. I saw them on Instagram. Well, that's – Eventually. Know, I figured. I sent you other stuff that didn't make it to Instagram, so don't do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, – but yeah, Marty Smith, of all people, posted a video of Dan and Valerie's first dance and uh, – and later, come to find out, did not know that there was no social media embargo. I got a phone call from Marty Smith apologizing yesterday for posting – because I was prominently featured in the video he posted on social media. And he was like, man, Katie, I did not know that there was a social media embargo <laughs> at this wedding. I had no idea. And so I'm out here posting videos and now I see from based on my re- replies on Twitter – I owe a lot of people apologies. <laughs> I was like, that's okay, Marty. You're fine by me. I, I dunked on you, so we're fine. Because <laughs> I posted a picture of the bride and groom having their first kiss ever. Pretty amazing. Um, and said, like, since Marty did it, I'm doing it. Uh, but, yeah. And then he sent me a text that said, roll tide. Roll so tide. We're wondering if Marty Smith is exactly who we thought he was. He is. <laughs> but it was fun. The, there was a taco station. Ooh. Delicious. Fantastic food. I have one note. There was no dance floor. What? Where the band was was inside. It was at this like beautiful estate with a large garden in the back. Honestly, I'm not kidding. The prettiest wedding I've ever been to. Um, but then the band was inside. Mm-hmm. And so where they were playing was like the courtyard of this house, like the atrium, I guess, the inside of the house. 
like co- very old cobblestone, not like, oh, cute, it's cobblestone. Like, no, you're going to break an ankle <laughs> with a huge fountain in the middle. And the band was behind the fountain. So, like, I don't know about everybody else, but that's where I do my socializing at weddings. That's where I get my, oh, my God, I had this crazy moment with Eric Rideholm because we were dancing and then someone said something. Like, that's where I'm having my conversations is mingling. And there was really no mingling on a dance floor. Tony Reale tried, though. He tried to f- make that dance floor. At one point, he took a tambourine and was, like, walking around. No way. There was a guy that had on one of those. I don't even know how you describe it, but it looks like the thing you wash clothes on. It's got, like, the, like, um, <laughs> that, like, metal. It's the, like a metal like, chest plate. The, what's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the wash A washboard? I guess I so. I wow. think. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. All right. That's logically. So Tony put it on at one point uh, and was, like, walking around doing that. And he was super into the music and all that. It was great. But like there, it, I couldn't have imagined what Tony Reale would have done if there was a dance floor, like if he could really let loose. So that's huh. my, my only note. You know, there used to be like an ESPN holiday party every year. And I bet that's trouble. With an open bar. Mm. It was the last one was my first year at ESPN. Mm. You, could, you saw some stuff at those. Yeah. Those are like infamous. Well, so I learned that in that, in that situation of like wanting to impress my date and also – like still I still admire and revere everybody that's at that wedding and like Pat Riley was there I when I arrived I went okay here are the people that I know everyone wants to talk to that I'm not even going to try <laughs> then there's these people I could like attainable it's like the the Dan Patrick's and then there was like the like these are my people mm-hmm. um but even the people that are in the my people group there's still people that I'm like it's like Mina Kimes who you know I go goo goo gaga over um and so I learned that in that scenario, what I revert to is working. So when Dan and Valerie, after their first dance, sat down at their table and everyone was coming up to them to get their moment with the bride and groom, I noticed, I'm like, they're not drink- there's no drinks in front of them. So I went up there and Dan got out of his seat to give me a hug. And I was like, no, no, congratulations. Sure, we can do this later. Do you, either of you two, did anyone get you a drink? And Dan was like, no, we're okay. We're just going to say our hellos to... And then, and then he was like, but if you don't mind, I'd love a, and like ordered a drink. So I went over to the bar. I got them their drinks, made friends with the bartender, dropped them off. He's like, thank you so much. Then later, while they're having another dance, the bartender comes over and taps me on the shoulder. He's like, Hey, I've been standing here waiting to give this to Dan. When he's done dancing, would you mind just delivering this to him? <laughs> I was like, you got it. So then I brought Dan over to that drink and I was like, here, let me refresh your drink. I took his empty one. I gave him a new one. And then he's like, oh, awesome. While I have you. And I was like, oh, what's up? He reaches into his pocket, gave me a check. I was like, can you give this to the bartender? <laughs> I was like, yeah, where's my tip? I am working right now. Oh, and I didn't even mention when I brought them the drinks the first time, when I dropped them back off, he said, thanks. Also, I don't think anyone knows they're supposed to go get food whenever, that it, there's no order. So can you just make – would you mind letting the tables know that they can go up and get food? I walked from table to table. <laughs> And said, hey, everyone, the groom wants you to know you can go up and get food whenever you're ready. And they were like, oh, thanks. And then they looked and were like, Katie? <laughs> thanks, Katie. You're welcome. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Levitard Wedding. <laughs> so I think I would be a good wedding planner is what I learned. Oh, or a court yeah. wedding coordinator. I think you would. Not planner. I'm terrible at planning. But coordinator. But like day of crisis yeah, like situation. You, you're, it's your time to eat. It's yeah. your time to – here, make sure the bride and groom have a drink. Make sure that person who's been talking to them for 45 minutes – Get that guy out of there. They got to go. They got to move. You so. want to start a – I'll do the planning. I'm an exceptional planner. Yeah? You could like have a new business. 
So this is our last pod. <laughs> Thank you so much for riding with us, but we are ending it in order to start our new business called the the, the come on the baby best come on baby you wedding duo. Aside from you and your future, yeah, spouse. that's a terrible. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Thank well, you for shopping at uh, the best wedding duo besides you and your spouse. You and your future spouse. It this takes for, four. <laughs> it takes four. That's good. what we're gonna call it. Okay. It takes four. Okay. Because it takes two to get married, but it takes four to pull off a good wedding. That's right. Because you need the two of us. That's right. Dynamic duo. Plus the future dynamic duo. Right, right. No, they're they're in love. They're also the dynamic duos with plurals. What if we call it love and marriage? Because they're the love and we're about the marriage. We're coordinating the marriage. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We can workshop it. Anyway, Jay, what are you going to do now? What's your new career? Oh, that's a good question. Thanks. I haven't actually been thinking about it at all. Um but I mean, it sounds like at least 30 seconds. Also made it sound like he's on LinkedIn every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't put uh, any thought into what I'll do next. Uh, here's my top three. <laughs> uh, I'll probably uh, go into like, you know, making doors for cages or buildings. Got or it. Those I, sorts that's of things. funny because I hadn't heard a single yeah, cage that, door. That, that is crazy, huh? Oh, there it is. Wow. Now this just feels like an ad. For your new business. I, I like when you can hear you hit the space bar. I think that really it's called, sells. It's called Jay's Cages. I really, cages. I really like when you hear you hit the space bar. I'm serious uh, like, about very, it. Yeah, of course. I'm serious about it. Uh, anything else about the Levitard wedding I'm forgetting? I thought you'd have a bunch of questions. I'm just – I'm fine. I had a great time. My dress was from Rent the Runway. A couple people asked. I feel like responding to every comment. I rented it. It looks very I nice. have a question. Okay. Oh. Uh, do you are you a whiskey drinker at weddings or do you go to a different spirit? Uh-huh. Here's the thing. Um, I tr- it, once I hit thirty, I realize I'm I got to stick to one spirit. Right. And so I tr- I now try to plan like when I order my first drink, like you're going to roll with this. So problem was they had a cocktail hour before the reception, which was good. I called that buffer time because I, I I got there five minutes before the reception started because I was supposed to get there an hour before. Mm-hmm. It worked out for me. Which is good because when we pulled up, we realized you pull up right behind where the bride and groom are getting married. So had we been late, Ooh. like one person was, uh, you would see them like it would get the attention away from the wedding. Um, that person circled around the back and found a way in through the kitchen. Smart. It was a mean. Um, <laughs> my guy. But so uh, so uh, the only two drinks they were serving at that cocktail hour was champagne and a Paloma. Oh. And Paloma's tequila. So Yikes. I got the Paloma. And then I, and then I was like, "Oh, you dummy! You now you gotta drink to kill all night." Yeah. So I drink to kill all night. But also, uh, my date doesn't drink, and so I, uh, it's kind of had a nice effect on like I didn't get hammered because mm. I didn't want to look like, "Oh yeah, can I get you an, another coke?" Mm. He was like, "No, I'm good. I've had five cokes. Yeah. I don't need another coke." Yeah. It's like, well, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'm gonna get another drink. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like tequila at a wedding is a good. It's a it's a fun upper. Yeah, drink I too. was also drinking it under uh, under the expectation that there was gonna be dancing, and if I had drank tequila and there was dancing, it would have been great. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Then I was just drinking tequila, being like, I'm feeling loose and I'm talking, and that's bad. That's a bad. My talking <laughs> booze is brown. You know, like mm. I'll drink whiskey. Yeah. It makes me a more interesting conversationalist or at least it makes me feel like one for sure. Vodka <laughs> makes me argumentative. Huh. Um, tequila makes me just like loose and like dancey. Yeah. I did the Cotton Eye Joe barefoot with an 11-year-old. Ashley, what did <laughs> you drink? So you were drinking tequila. <laughs> no, I was drinking whiskey. 
Uh, yeah, you just sort of had whiskey just has that any effect on you. Yeah, whiskey. It, it's just like you know, you're like fuck. It makes me argumentative. This makes me yeah. Nervous. Like it's just how much I drink makes me yeah. whatever. Well, uh, like yeah. I start chatty and then I get dancey. I also feel like you don't really stray from brown liquor much. No. Not yeah. Usually, sometimes I'll do a rum if it's like a hot summer day, but mm-hmm. not yeah. in it's mass. Famously, was not. No, yeah. it was very cold. Yeah, <laughs> it was very cold in Pittsburgh. I it was, was really nice in Miami. I was not at a wedding, but I did kind of invent a cocktail this weekend that I liked. What was that? Uh, it was a vodka. You know, he asked it, the question he asked me was so that he could tell us. No, I, I, no I just, I just yeah. arrived at this, but it, it was a vodka soda with a splash of bitters in it. And oh. It just kind of takes the edge off the vodka in just the right way. I hate bitters. So it's like a, it's a. Um, it's a Moscow meal, but not with ginger beer, with soda instead. No soda. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, huh. It was good. I got. Re- I had a great time. Uh, <laughs> at, at what? Where were you? Uh, I was playing pool. <laughs> a child's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> I was at. Uh, I was at. I was in the Lower East Side. Nice. That's good. That's Hang all on. the details. We're good. <laughs> Moving I was, I on. Was at Soho House. Uh, were you? I was. Because literally it's the only place Jay goes and he loves to tell people that he goes to Soho House. Oh, that's the one you need like the A membership for. for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he, everywhere we go is like, there's Soho House nearby. Katie, we never hang out. I go there like once you every three You just went months. to the bar without me! <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, sorry, I, I could not believe I got that. him to not Soho I can't believe I got him to go to a, but he was like, where are we going? And I was like, this place right here? He's like, there's a Soho House, uh, if we hopped in a cab, just like a, a quick jump. Down the street. It's just really nice. They have great views. Oh, Jay. And he's not talking about out the window. He's talking oh, about in the building. No, I'm yes. not. Oh, I thought you were yes. talking about like attractive people. You just meant like structural famous like, architecture. No, he meant famous people. Oh, There's okay. famous people at Soho House. And that's why Jay is and at Soho also House. Jay is there. Sports, Sports media, media all-stars. all-stars. Pats played the Eagles this weekend. <laughs> what a terrible It was game. just a bad game to watch. I didn't like it. I, I mean, I really didn't like the first half. Uh, I posted, there was a, I don't know if you saw that picture of Tom Brady before the game. He had on a Canada Goose, um, camo jacket, mm-hmm. no fur, and, uh, his sunglasses tucked into his shirt. His hair was looking on point. He looked f- great. And so I, you know, reposted it in my stories and said, like, oh, okay, so Pat's by a million. And then Ooh. at halftime deleted it because I was like, God damn it. What's happening? Uh, I saw your sad clown picture. Yeah, because I was I made a clown of myself. Mm. And so uh, I didn't love the first half. Also didn't love the second half. Tom Brady looked terrible. But, I mean, both teams really looked really, really good. Yeah, but you're the Eagles. Okay. You didn't wow. go into that game. Th- you did not <laughs> no, go into that game thinking it was going to be a game. So this was – it reminded me of the first time they played in the Super Bowl. Like I expected them to go in and get stomped. And then when they played well – you got your hopes up. It was like, oh, wait, hold on a minute. We could really win this game. Like, get the momentum. Three, say, nah, nah, nah. And then Lane Johnson gets hurt, and the rest of the game is trash garbage. And you're like, this is – I why do I football? I yeah. ask myself that all the time. Yes, they had so many injuries, and the Carson Wentz looked terrible, and Lane Johnson, blah, blah, blah. But it's like they could have won. Yeah. They could have won, and they didn't because trash garbage. Well, and like Tom Brady was having a day where he was not hitting any of his targets. And then when he did, they missed it or dropped it. And it was like, God, like that Edelman drop in the end zone. It's like, what are you, what's happening? And then Edelman threw it up. I know. Why didn't the Eagles think to have someone else throw it? They could have done it. I don't know. They're like, oh, Tom Brady's not doing well. Here, Julian, you throw a touchdown. It's like, oh, great. It's a really smart decision. I didn't like watching that game. Yeah, it was so bad to watch. But I do know you had a worse experience than I did because I FaceTimed you at halftime. 
<laughs> and funny enough, so I FaceTimed you and Austin answered. So I, but I didn't, didn't I didn't put this, I didn't put this together at first. So I FaceTime her and then it opens up and it's just, I'm looking at her ceiling. <laughs> and I was like, hello? And then she's like, what? Oh, did you call Kiki? <laughs> and she picks up the phone because I'm getting ready to, I'm like, uh, you know, when you're, when it's ringing yeah. and you're like, what am I going to say? Yeah. And I was like, I'm prepping all my motherfuckers and my like, get the fuck and like my, all my shit talk. I guess I just forgot you have a kid. And so when you picked up the phone and you were like, oh, my God, and it's you and your kid. And I was like, listen, mother, hi, buddy. <laughs> hey, how we doing? He was like, Kiki. And you were like, you actually thought he called me. I did. So she was like so impressed and also thought it was so funny. And then I was like, oh, no, I called you. You just pushed answer. Still impressive. That is impressive. <laughs> Glad he didn't decline me. That would have really crushed me. Um, well, he has to swipe to answer. Oh, yeah. So like. He knows how to do it. It terrifies me when kids do phones. It's not great. Um, But so, yeah, then we chatted for a little. And you told me that when you got home from your wedding, Mm. you got a lovely surprise waiting for you at the apartment. Why don't you let the listeners know what that was? It's sad. Our dogs really struggle when we leave. And so they kind of puke and poop everywhere. And there was, you know, diary on our couch cushion, which is a real bummer. Steve really should have cleaned that up before he left for the wedding. Yeah, that was rude of him. So you had poop on the couch. Yeah. And then two, I believe you said pockets of puke. Yeah, just not like I wouldn't call it a pile, you know, like people who own who own pets know it's like the foamy, the dried foamy people stuff. People who drink know, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty gross. Mm. And then like an area where you're like, oh, they peed there and it has since dried. So I'm just gonna scrub this. So it's like it's not step. really it was, my problem, but it's still it's, gonna be my like, problem. I can yeah. see a shoe print when I walk through uh, it. So like that needs to be cleaned multiple times. Uh, it's just a real bummer. It's tough to come off. I can't imagine coming. I just feel so that. bad for them. Yeah. And it's not like for like we take care of them. We have people coming like three times a day, but I feel like we need like a permanent like sit in. I just think you need to find good people. Yeah, well, because even that like, there was that one time where one of them pooped, and then the other one jumped in the poop, and then jumped up on the wall, and they were like, "I tried to get it," and you said you got home, and you're like, "No, they didn't. They clearly did not try to get it." <laughs> All over the wall. <laughs> you gotta get. We gotta get you one person who's like an overachiever. We gotta get the you of dog walkers. Yeah. Ooh, maybe we can start a dog walking business. No, Ashley, I don't want to clean your dog's poop and <laughs> puke. But if the two of us do it, and you just snuggle them while I do the cleaning, that's not how. That's what. That's a great sell. Because now I'm in, but you know that once it starts, you're like, all you do is snuggle them and I do the hard work. And I'm like, that was what we agreed upon. It's like, well, my mom is like, let me come over and clean your house. No. Let me come over and clean your house. No. Mom, I have too much work to do. You can sit on the couch and do your work. I'm going to clean your house. And then I, she sees me on Twitter and she's like, oh, is that work? Because I'm out here cleaning your house. And I'm like, you said. <laughs> Anyway, I feel like I'm getting a lot off my chest here. Jay, um, I was on a plane. I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately. For the early games. Yeah. No fucking uh, TV. That sucks. I do wish that that was something they let you know. I know this sounds really dumb, but I believe sports fans may agree with me on this take. I would book a different airline if I knew that flight. Like, I would have it at a different time if I knew that flight had TVs. Oh, that's interesting. Like, I know JetBlue has televisions. I don't want to sound like a like a jerk, but I wanted to fly first class. Again, trying to impress a guy, mm-hmm. which I think I heard that I did, so that's good. They have, they have first class for that. in JetBlue. But I think it's only to certain cities. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't think it's all the time. Yeah. So you think you buy a – like, with my own money, bought a first class ticket too, famously – and and I just would love to know. It's like very like, oh, sorry, this one doesn't have TVs, but you can watch movies on your phone. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want a movie. I need live television. Mm-hmm. 
because there's games on. I just think that the planes, like the airlines should let you know, like this one has TVs. I agree. When you're booking it. Not like once you're booked and it's like learn about the amenities of your flight. Yeah. And I know that flights, uh, like depending on how well they book, they'll swap out planes and use like smaller ones or bigger ones based on how many people bought tickets. But I still just – I don't know. There's got to be a better way to let you know that like most airlines are like phasing out yeah. uh, TVs. So I guess you should just always assume they won't be there. It's just a weird thing we go backwards on. Like back in the day, every – like first class especially, I remember, always had a TV. I mean, I remember like I walked by it and was like, oh, man, we don't have those back there. But now it's like airlines like, oh, it's cheaper to just give out iPads and let people watch the movies there. But like we weren't all watching movies. I don't know how to formulate the take. I just want to know like, oh, book this flight. You'll have a, a live TV. It so, feels like a thing that I that people should know up front because when you're booking a flight, and you're like, it's one o'clock on a Sunday. Point was I missed your game. Oh, and, yeah. It was really good. But when I landed, I saw that we were all – like every tweet in my feed was about pass interference. And so I looked it up and there was a controversial play. You guys played the Texans. Uh, was DeAndre Hopkins, it was in the end zone. It was. Um, very clearly pass interference. Um, Allegedly. I saw – we'll get to you in a second, Jay. Uh, <laughs> I saw an article from Kevin Seifert on ESPN.com called Stop Challenging Pass Interference NFL Coaches. And he breaks down the numbers. You know, this is a new thing this year. Coaches can challenge pass interference, uh, offensive or defensive. Um, to that point, when that DeAndre Hopkins play happened, coaches had lost 32 of 33 pass interference challenges dating back to the start Whoa. of week four. So that's a 3% success rate. Since week three, they are two for 41. Uh, it's a 4.9% success rate. So uh, he goes on to say in an age um, which teams have access to all kinds of analytic probabilities, their coaches should now realize the chances of getting an overturn on pass interference, no matter the severity of the contact, are slim. That that play seems like the one that makes this article worth writing. I imagine that's why he wrote it, where it's like if that wasn't a successful overturn of a call. You're not going to get it. We're not getting it. Yeah. Um, and then I was listening to Levitard this morning, and they were talking about uh, – that they thought the issue is that you're openly challenging a ref. Hmm. Like imagine if someone came to your job and was like, I think you just got that wrong. It's not like the ball was in and you couldn't have seen it. The ball was, it's like that happened in front of you. You didn't throw a flag. I guy who doesn't do your job is like, you're bad at your job. Um, they made a very funny suggestion that instead of, they should just rename it to something less aggressive. So instead of a challenge, uh, they said that they should name them whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, since they hate the the flag, Lebertard always calls it like a cocktail napkin. They think it's stupid. Uh, I think Mike Ryan was like, they should throw daisies. So it's like <laughs> they're the whoopsie daisies. <laughs> and so like, oh, a whoopsie. I think you made a little mistake. Why don't we take a look? Um, but he did say my take, which was you shouldn't get to watch it in slow motion. The replay. Mine was that you should only get to watch it. Right. You should only get to watch the replay a certain amount of times and you can't slow it down. But I don't know what the fix is. It just seems like um, this new rule that they're like, yeah, let's try this. But it doesn't seem like everyone's on board with trying it. But it also seems like coaches are ignoring the statistics of it because it's new. You know, they're just like, well, it's a small sample size. Maybe we'll go through a week where they overturn all of them. you got to try it out for a year. Yeah. So I would, I'm going to say as a football fan, let's spend the rest of the season still doing it the way we do it now of like throw that challenge flag when you think you should. Um 
Because then we'll have figured out if it works or not. And then next year, let's address it. Well, I also think coaches get criticized if there's something they didn't challenge that people are like, you should have challenged it. Yeah, well, by fans and also by players. We've seen it where players are like, I told you to challenge that. We would have gotten it. And it must be really weird, the dynamic between player and coach. When the player says challenge it, the coach doesn't or does. They see the replay. They see that they were right to challenge it, but they still lose the timeout because the refs don't overturn it. It just feels like there's too much, too much ego. In the game. That's why robots, robot refs is a good idea. I was going to say robot football. I was like, I'd give it a no, try. No, <laughs> robot refs because like I always say the best ref is one whose name you don't know and whose face you don't recognize. Like the the worst is like a Joe West. Like we all know Joe West in, in baseball because he's always part of these big controversial calls and we reward him by knowing his name is Joe West. Like he's famous. You should never have a famous ref. Your ego can't get in the way. It can't be like, nah, I think I was right, and how dare you challenge me. It's like, no, it's in the rules now. I'm allowed to challenge you. So I don't know. It was bad. So here's what I think. Jay, as the biggest uh, Ravens fan, famously. Yep, huge. uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell us how that wasn't pass interference? Uh, I think that uh, pass interference is defined as uh, an opponent significantly hindering. uh, You think? Or you're reading this? That's the definition significantly hindering uh, a player's ability to catch the ball. And that ball was, I don't know, six yards over DeAndre Hopkins' head. No, have you seen DeAndre Hopkins play? He could catch that ball. I think the only argument is that DeAndre Hopkins is maybe the only player on the field who could have caught that ball. So you're going to take the uncatchable ball angle. I think it was uncatchable. It was not uncatchable. So do you agree that if the ball was closer to him, that his physical— No, of course he did. That's He can't argue the other side. Because okay. uh, that's no most of the times when it's a when it is country, it's the smartest take is if you want to argue that it isn't is just that the ball because it has to be of a catchable ball so uncatchable ball is the best angle I'm still saying that's bullshit and I don't even think you believe it uh, that was a catchable the ball. other thing I was going to say but you summed it up pretty nicely is that uh, is that I think that the that refs are not going to overturn things unless they like are like. Truly, truly, completely, and totally wrong. And in this situ- situation, it was truly, truly, completely, and totally wrong. <laughs> he hit him before he even had a chance to try to catch the ball, I think, and he before that was pulling his jersey down. I, th- I think we've seen a lot worse instances of pass interference that were or were not called, especially in seasons past. Before uh, seasons were, past, no, but I just mean to say, like it, this was not the most flagrant pass interference of all time. It was just a pass interference that looked like a pass interference. It was the most flagrant pass interference of the overturnable call era. Since they've been able to, ch- so since the beginning of the season, <laughs> it was the worst. It's it, since we've it changes the game if you can challenge it. This is the worst it's been since it's been challengeable. I think that's fair. It was terrible. It was obvious. It was catchable. Jay, look me in the eye. You think that wasn't catchable? I think it was definitely five Jay. yards over DeAndre Hopkins. Jay, do you think the ball was catchable? As a Ravens fan, since no. I was, since Jay. I was born, Jay. I, as I said, I think DeAndre Hopkins is the only person who could have caught that ball. So it's so, catchable. That's what he just said. But it was catchable. Judging it based on it was tr- DeAndre Hopkins was the actually the only person who had to catch that ball. <laughs> I do love DeAndre Hopkins. He's a good dude. Wow, he's trying to make friends. He's a good dude. You're not going to make friends. I mean, a Times article. In this industry. Let's go. Uh, I saw a thing. We don't have to talk about it for a long time, but Dwayne Haskins got the starting job. Yeah. And uh, did you see the video? Yeah. Oh, my I God. I feel so bad for so it. So he – I don't – I actually did not do my job, but I don't know the context of it. I imagine they were losing and uh, and people were getting mad. And you see this video. You should go look it up. 
Go look it up. Of, uh, go look it up. I don't know. Go look it up. Of Dwayne Haskins trying to talk to his, it was his O-line? Yeah. And like trying to hype them up, trying to be a team leader. And man, they did not care and openly were so disrespectful of his leadership. There was one point where someone was on a knee. The camera was behind somebody who was sitting on a bench and you see Dwayne Haskins trying to get them to like, come on guys, what are we doing? And the guy on the knee just turns and looks at the guy on the bench with his eyebrows like, hmm? As in like they want to make – you know when you're talking to somebody and you see two people within the group you're talking to make eye contact as if to be like, this f- guy. And you're like, oh, it just like kills you and deflates you as a person because you're like, hey, one meeting. I'm over here talking. Don't sidebar. They were sidebarring and they just did not – you could tell they just don't respect him at all as That's, a leader. He came out afterwards and said, like, it takes a while to earn trust. Totally. And he's right. And he's 22 and they've been through it. And, like, they're not necessarily motivated to play any better in the last two games in the way that, like, he is. Like, this is his first starting job. He's, like, coming out gung-ho. And they're like, bro, we've been through this. I don't need to put myself on the line for you. But that, Yes, they do. That's literally their job. That's – Yes, it is. And it feels like as a person who's tried to inspire people, and he literally was saying like, what do I have to do to help you? Like, tell me what I have to do to help you. Like begging them, a real passionate plea, if you will. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, they don't care. They're just like, there's nothing. They're dead behind those eyes. And you're like, that suck that has to be one of the most underrated difficult things about being an athlete obviously the sport is tough but it's like once you make it into the pros you're all supposed to be equal essentially but then one of you supposed to is expected to assume a leadership position and it might be over people who are years your senior that have been in the league for a much longer time Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to walk in there and be like listen guys here's how we're gonna do it and I can see both sides. I can see the people who have been doing it forever be like, don't you tell me how to do it. Yep. But it's also like, clearly, Washington's one and nine. Like, they're not, they need someone to tell them, like, just listen to them. Listen to him. See what he has to say. Help him out. <laughs> and like, how is he, that's an, an impossible job to ask of him. Like, hey, get in there. And all those guys who think that you're brand new and don't know shit about shit, get them to listen to you. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. I did too. The good news is he broke his, uh, or he broke the 16 quarter touchdown drought. I was going to say, the good news is he broke his leg. He doesn't have to no. play for that team anymore. <laughs> no. He, yeah, they were, the Washington hadn't scored a touchdown in 16 quarters, which was a franchise Weren't record. they both garbage time touchdowns though? We don't say that word. Yeah, on this they were trash minutes. Um, Thank and you. they were. Just hurts. I miss I, it so much. They, they were, yeah. But, you know, good to score. Uh, we have not talked about Kaepernick yet on this podcast, and so much has ha- – well, not like – not ever. We have before, but uh, this most recent, the NFL uh, workout, right? We didn't do that last week or did no. we? No. Um, so Tuesday, to catch up very quickly, Tuesday the NFL reached out to Colin Kaepernick and we're like, we want to offer you a workout for a bunch of NFL teams. It's going to be on Saturday. And they were like, this Saturday? And they were like, yeah, Saturday. Now, for those who don't know, famously, uh, workouts normally happen on Tuesday. Just makes the most sense. Saturday is most often a travel day for teams. So having it on a Saturday was already weird. 
Uh, Kaepernick's team was given two hours by the NFL to agree to do this or say no thanks. Um, they asked them, they asked the NFL, can we make it next Saturday? Cause that's a couple days away and we'd like to, you know, make sure all of our P's and Q's are, all of our ducks are in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL was like, no, it's this Saturday or it's nothing. Um, Kaepernick and his team agreed to do it, uh, which in and of itself deserves praise. If somebody asked me, to do something I hadn't done in three years, in two weeks, or in a week, in a couple days, and give me two hours, I'd be like, you know, I don't need two hours, I need five minutes. No is the answer. I'm not ready. I need more time. It just shows that Colin Kaepernick has been out there getting ready for this moment. They gave it to him and he was like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Um, there was a lot around the story of like media wasn't going to be invited. Um, a lot of teams weren't going to be able to make it because they were traveling, like I said. Uh, there was one other thing that was really sketchy about it. The waiver? Yeah, so that's, that came later. There was, I'm, I'm forgetting it, but there, so then later there was something about a waiver. What was it? The NFL wanted him to sign something that had a clause that meant he wasn't getting like a guarantee of future employment, which was like Kaepernick wanted to just use the regular waiver. And the NFL was saying like, oh, this is the one like all of our potential free agents signed. But there was there was discrepancy over it. Like they sent it to Kaepernick's team. They had sent back a completely different one like shortly before, like on Mm -hmm. Saturday with like not a lot of time to change it. And they're like, wait, sign ours. They're like, we don't want to. And I think the contention was over that clause. Yeah. The thing I was thinking of before was that the NFL said they would give – like Kaepernick requested like a list of the teams and representatives who would be there. They said they would give it to him, and then I think they said they weren't gonna. Mm. So it was like this whole big. It, when I when I went on Levitard last week on uh, Highly Questionable, we were at the point of the discussion where it was like, is this a sham by the NFL? Mm-hmm. Is this just like a thing they're doing to look good? Or I don't know. But uh, and and what Mina had said was, it sounds a lot to her like teams might be interested in bringing in Kaepernick, and may have told the NFL that, and the NFL and had also told them like, but we don't want the big press circus that that's going to cause. Can you host this workout so that we can look at Kaepernick without it causing this big thing that was, she was like, it was completely uh, just like a guess on her part. wasn't based on reporting, but she was like, it seems to me like that's could be what this is. Uh, other people have since said the same thing. There was some report about Jay Z having something to do with it, that he put a lot of pressure on the NFL because he got blowback from uh, fans when he entered into this partnership that wouldn't have existed without Kaepernick and yet had nothing in it that actually helped Kaepernick. Um, so then there was there were reports of, of that being Jay-Z pressuring the NFL to have this workout. Either way, there was this weird workout that was going to happen on Saturday with barely any notice, with a lot of teams unable to tra- go because they're traveling. But so I think it was going to be 25 teams. Like on the day of Saturday, there were 25 teams that were going to go to the Falcons facility and watch this Kaepernick tryout. Right before it happened, was it like an hour before, two hours before? I want to say it was like two hours before. He Kaepernick moved the workout 60 miles away to a high school with his own receivers and wouldn't have to sign that waiver, I don't think. And so eight teams went. Uh, And he made it open to the media, which was a thing, like I said before, they were not going to do at his workout. And then, Ashley, the takes – (laughs) <laughs> the takes just rolled in. And now at this point, I'm at the wedding. 
and Mina said this earlier today on uh, Levitard's radio show. Like we were all kind of like every now and then you just see someone check their phone and like scroll through. Like you just lose someone in a conversation because they were like, we're trying to keep up with the story, but also we're at a wedding. We're trying to enjoy ourselves. Also, I, again, I was at a table with Marty Smith and I don't know if you guys heard, but Tua out for the season. <laughs> so I was like, so uh, what, what we got over there, Marty? What's going on, Marty? What's happening? What do you got? Um, but so, uh, I missed, I may have missed a couple chapters of it, which you can hopefully help me fill in if I did. But basically, uh, he, he had this tryout thing for eight teams. Um, I believe they were the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Jets, the Washington team, uh, San Francisco, Detroit, Tennessee, and Buffalo. We pieced together. We tried to find the full list because everyone was reporting eight teams, but most were only naming seven. And then Ashley found somebody who reported six. <laughs> and then we compared the lists, and it was the Bills who were missing. So we're going with that list. But go look it up. <laughs> go look it up. Go look it up. <laughs> it's, it's surprising to me because the teams that I would think of that need quarterbacks are not necessarily included in that list. Like, yeah. like how is there not somebody from Pittsburgh there? You know what I mean? Like, they're... With all of the quarterbacks. Oh, God, we have to talk on. about that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just think in general, most teams should send somebody. Right. God forbid. You have so many people that work on teams. So many. Yeah. You can send I mean, one. I think I think they were pl- at least planning to get video of it from the NFL. Yeah, I think I saw that, that they were – God, I've never yawned on a podcast before. That they were going to send video out to all the teams. Right. And let them see what happened. But, but at the same time. But the the video that was going to be NFL's proprietary video and Kaepernick's team couldn't take that video. Exactly. And so then that was another one of the sticking points. And look. It was like, I don't want, I want to use my own video people. Obviously you say Kaepernick's name and everyone's like, I already know what I think. So go ahead and say what you're going to say so I can argue. It's kind of where we're at with this story. It's been three years since he's been in the league. It's just people take their side and are like, go ahead, give me new information and I'll spin it to serve my narrative. People love to pick apart that Kaepernick's team was so particular about how they wanted this to go. Like, oh, if you really want to be in the league, who cares about the waiver? Just sign it. If you really want to be in the league, who cares who takes the video? Just he cares because he had to sue the league and he got money from it, which would imply. So it's like, you, of course, he doesn't trust them. You know, like we got Matt, Tom Brady didn't trust them to give them his phone. And everybody was like, oh, if you're innocent, give them your phone. Like sometimes we forget to step back and think what we would do in that situation. You're dealing with an entity that is proven. It doesn't really care about anything except making it look like they tried and making you look bad and they look good. That's all they care about. So why would he not fight for controlling the narrative? Um William Roden in The Undefeated on ESPN.com wrote, Why would a man who meticulously constructed the image of a football activist shunned by the league validate a sham tryout by participating in it? Like, I know when we were discussing it last week, I was like, I don't even think I'd be mad if he didn't show up. Like, people will use that to make their argument that he doesn't want to be in the league because he didn't come to the tryout they offered him. But you could make a million other arguments that, like, it's like when um in high school or middle school, when the popular kids suddenly invited you to a party and you're like, why? <laughs> what is this? I've been trying to get you to invite me to a party my entire life. And now you're like, hey, you want to come to this party? Like I've seen 13 going on 30. I'm not coming <laughs> to your party. 
it just why why would he go? I wouldn't have faulted him if he didn't want to go. I knew what that would have meant for the narrative, but I also would have been like, I don't think I would go. If there's a million ways it could go wrong and like one very specific way it could maybe go right. And the media wasn't invited to cover it. So the NFL would be completely in control of what information gets out. So even if it went all the different ways it went wrong, it could go even worse for him. So I don't think that he should be faulted for wanting to be in control of how it worked. Some people did, one of whom is our own Stephen A. Smith, close personal friend. Um, let me also just say really quick, there are a lot – I know it, a lot of people like to argue that he's not good enough to be in the league. He's not good enough to be in the league. And wherever you stand on that argument, hi, that's fine. Stand where you stand. I'm not going to waste some amount of time trying to change your mind. What I will say is there are a number of quarterbacks in the league that if we analyzed them and picked apart every single number and statistic for three full years, you could say anybody. There's like a at least 50% of quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks currently in the league. You could be like, I don't think they're good enough for all that hassle because we're just staring at these numbers that have not changed, that are not different. And numbers never lie, but depending on which ones you choose, you can pick and choose to tell whatever story you want to tell. It's That's why that argument to me is not interesting, whether he's good enough to be in the league. And that's why what I'm interested in is like why we do that with him and we don't do it with everybody else. Or like what it is that we're so – like you could make that argument about many quarterbacks in the league. This one's not in the league. Can't be – we can't make that – we can't say it's because he's not good enough. Let him try. Let him – let's see how good he is. But stop bringing that up. There is, there are other for, if you really think there aren't other forces at play that are keeping, that are overcomplicating the situation at this point, you're an idiot. <laughs> just so you, everybody at home know, Ashley's making faces at me that are encouraging. She's just not saying any words, but mm. she's on, she's agreeing and nodding. I just keep looking at you and you're not saying, you're not even doing like a yeah. Cause you're on, yeah. you're doing, you're on a really good run and I don't want to mess it up. I just want you to say yeah if you agree. Okay. Yes. Okay. I agree. <laughs> I think I, I, it's, it's, this is so complicated and layered. I think I read an article and I can't remember which one it was. So apologies to that author, whoever, who said something about like the video from Kaepernick's tryout was like a Rorschach test. Like you can see what you want to see. Right. You can be like, here's a guy who's NFL ready or like, mm, look at how inaccurate he is in a couple of those right. throws. Like you can argue either side. How out do you of this say the name thing. of that tape? Zapruder? Zapruder? Yeah, Zapruder. I don't know what you're that the um, the assassination tape that like you could analyze it. And some people are like, oh, when I look at it, I see this. And when I look mm -hmm. at it, I see like if you break it down that much. Yeah. You can make it serve whatever narrative you want it to serve is essentially. It. Yes, exactly. And if you look at it like a business, you're a team. If even working out Kaepernick is going to cause a whole hullabaloo that you don't want to deal with to the point where you allegedly ask the NFL to host it from a strictly business perspective, it's not a question of whether or not he's good enough. It's like, is he good enough and better enough than what I currently have to be worth all of that extra hullabaloo that's going to come? Right. And like, it's the thing we've talked about with like domestic violence and with, I mean, it happened with Tim Tebow where teams were like, yeah, he's fine. He's just not worth all the stuff. Michael Sam, he's good. He's just not worth all the extra stuff. Exactly. And it's so frustrating because I don't know what the answer is for that. Because even as we're discussing it to try to figure out what the answer is, we're part of the stuff. We're being like, mm -hmm. let's talk about this thing happening. And it's just another, every time you see Kaepernick's name on the TV, most people now are at the point of exhaustion with the story where they'll change it. Other people are so passionately on one side or the other that they'll turn it up. So it's like, do you keep talking about it? Do you stop? Like there's – it's tough. 
And I understand teams coming from that angle of like, I, I can't handle that press right now because we've got this other thing going on. But at the same time, the press is, has only, it only, we've only gotten here because of what originally happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so frustrating. It's so weird that they did this right on Veterans Day week. It's just like all of it's really weird. Because they, to be clear, not because I think the issues are related because they're not, but because the NFL has done such a great job of moving the goalpost, LOL, to make it seem like cap kneeling is military disrespect. Right. And it's like, no, it's not. It's it's a silent – I don't even want to get into it. Okay. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith posted a three-minute video on Twitter in which he says things like, uh, if he would have showed up, I'm confident he would have had a job within two weeks. I don't know. Uh, he said the NFL organized the workout to provide cover for teams who want the, the Mina thing I was saying. And then he says, quote, this man wanted a chance. 25 teams showed up in Georgia at the Atlanta Falcons practice facility, state-of-the-art facility, NFL personnel, equipment, video, everything. And what does Colin Kaepernick do? Because of some issue with the liability waiver, Colin Kaepernick wants to change the venue. You don't want to work. You just want to make noise and you want to control the narrative. People took issue with that, one of whom was Eric Reed, who went on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of um, – there's a lot of language because they both are part of the black community that I don't feel comfortable ascribing to either of them that I'm going to just avoid, not because I don't think it's worth discussing because I don't think we're equipped to discuss it. Um, but he basically says to him like, uh, of course, Colin wants to control the narrative. He's supposed to trust the organization that blackballed him and has done absolutely nothing in good faith. Uh, born on Tuesday, just not last Tuesday. I love that. Uh, Malcolm X said, if you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. You embody this quote. You, Malcolm Jenkins and Jay-Z, prance around doing the NFL's bidding and try to bury Colin. I stand for truth and justice above all else. You are mistaken by thinking that you or anybody uh, is black or spared for my criticism, especially because you've been so blatantly on the NFL side, blah, 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 blah. So then Stephen A. Smith, I saw this when I was flying back home, posted an Instagram caption that blew me away <laughs> just in its length. Like, I clicked on it and was like, that's a wall of text from Stephen A. Smith. Um, and he kind of came at Eric Reed and said, the more you talk, the more ridiculous you sound. Actually, it's worse because you tweeted me hours before a damn game. Weren't you in Atlanta in attendance of Kaepernick, Kaepernick's workout yesterday before having to leave early to play for a team in a league you're feeling so oppressed by? That same Malcolm X also acknowledged there were slight errors in his thinking. You didn't bring that up. He just went off on him. Uh, who's the sellout? And then at the end, he says, guess what? It's neither of us. We just have a difference of opinion. I mean, did you guys follow this at all or see any of this? Because it was nuts. It was a lot. Yeah. And I, it's it's funny because I felt myself – I went into it being like, I'm on this side. And then I would read one person and be like, oh, no, they're right. I'm on that side. And then I'd read the other person's come back. And I flip-flopped so often. It was just like they're both really intelligent men who I think are making – really good points. Like I think at one point Stephen A said like if someone calls you and says like okay, you have a job interview tomorrow. You're not like like you go well, hold on, I want to yeah, do it this like, way. you could, but like oftentimes that's going to mean you don't get the job. Like Bill Belichick cut oh gosh, what was that running back's name? Jonas Gray? Yes, for over cuz his his phone wasn't plugged in died, missed his alarm, and he was late to a practice. They, like, wouldn't let him in, and he, they never gave him a chance to explain, and that was it. His career was over. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, these things happen all the time. And in the most competitive league in your sport in the world, the only one, really, like, you have to be grateful for every chance you get. 
is is Stephen A's point. And but I do think there is the other point of like this isn't just a company giving you a job interview. Right. This is a company you had to sue because they you wanted to prove that they were actively keeping you from getting a job because of a belief that you hold. Mm-hmm. So it is a little like it's different. I think what's interesting, I saw a a. If you look for it, sometimes on the internet you'll find intelligent discussion about something. It's always a nice joy to find. But I was really interested in this conversation about – and we've kind of talked about something similar before but from the aspect of women is that like women are expected to be perfect and always serve the 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 side that best benefits women just as black men. I think we talked about it with Jay-Z. It's like they're always – they always have to do right by the black community. Whereas white people can just go do whatever they want to, mm-hmm. um, ev- like any member of a of a minority group um, has to consider their decisions ramifications on their entire minority, and it's another one of those things. Like what I just said, I could see both sides. I don't know how to fix that. Of like, yeah, I do think that when when women act in a way that is detrimental to women, or when uh, like you know black men, like what Stephen A was being accused of here acts in a way or serves a narrative that aligns them with the people in power and further oppresses uh, other members of their community, like that is something you should call out. But I did see people on the internet saying, we got to stop calling out every time a member of our community differs in opinions with us. Mm -hmm. Like it is harder to differ in opinion within your community when your community is fighting its oppression because then people are quick to be like, you and I disagree, you're on the side of the oppressor. And there, and that's not always true. There are situations where that is the case. There are members of oppressed communities that align themselves with power advantageously for their own benefit and leave behind the people they could be helping within their communities. But not every time there's a disagreement is that person violating or abandoning their community. And I think that was the interesting conversation happening around Stephen A. Smith and Eric Reed. I have not seen if anything happened with it today and I know Stephen A has been on TV or radio talking for a bunch of hours. So I may this may tomorrow I might be like, I changed my mind. <laughs> I'm sorry about what I said. Um, but it was it was interesting to see this disagreement. And I thought it was a conversation that I was like, yeah, I want to listen to this. I'm just going to listen. So I would encourage you guys to I don't know, follow that. But I really no, it up. Yeah, of course. Tua, we already talked about a little. Ash, you said something and then we'll move on from it because we got to talk about what happened in Steelers Browns. But that's OK because we don't have any ads. So we got plenty of time. <laughs> Uh, the, they were up 35-7 when Tua, uh, dislocated his hip. He underwent surgery when it was successful, but he's out for the season. The argument is that he shouldn't even have been playing. It was meaningless minutes. Somebody else could have been playing. I thought we would just say that and move on. And Ashley was like, I disagree. So go ahead. I do disagree. Um, it was the second quarter. It wasn't even halftime. Saban said that they were keeping him in to practice like a two-minute drill, which is great because you don't get to practice that a lot. And then that was the last series he was going to play. I think not often with Alabama, but in college football, you see crazy second-half comebacks. Like Baylor was up 28-3 to at halftime over Oklahoma, and Oklahoma won that game. So I, I don't think having him in in the second quarter still was that crazy of a coaching decision. I mean, he's had injuries before. This is my issue with college sports in general. This is why it's, I'm not, it's not my number one sport. Number one, it's because I'm, I don't have a connection to it. We've talked about this before. I don't mm-hmm. have like a team I ride or die for. My college got rid of football very early 
and I'm from the Northeast, so I don't have it in my blood. So coming to it as an outsider, completely outside, it's hard for me to get over that elephant in the room, which is one of these kids gets seriously hurt and they never get to make money from this incredible skill they have. So I, you're right if we're talking about pro football to me. You wouldn't take him out. Anybody can come back and win. But when we talk about college football, I feel like all of the games <laughs> up until like at least the actual meaningful games are meaningless game. Like it's the, it just, I hate even thinking about the fact that like this could affect his potential to make money in the future when he's been putting in work and impressing us all in insane situations where the pressure should have gotten to him. Mm-hmm. He's been, Nothing but, I mean, off the field and on the field, handled himself with grace and poise. And he, and now this could affect how much money he could inevitably, eventually make in the future. I 100% agree with that. I think it's incredibly sad and frustrating. But I don't think that, like, it, playing him in the second quarter yeah. was what You think people are looking back at it as like, oh, he shouldn't even have been playing. And it's like, well, you say that now. But had they taken him out, right. you guys it would have been pissed if they lost. It wasn't like he re-aggravated or worse aggravated right. his current, I think it was an ankle. Because it was an ankle injury, yeah. Like, it was a, like, football is a violent sport. We see people get hurt all the time. I don't you know about that. You can't just it. say things like that on there this podcast. There are helmets flying Unchecked. all over the I place. Know. I mean, allegedly. It's like, it's, if it had been... The fourth quarter, right? Yes, and like the a blow third up quarter, up. even I feel like you can be like, okay, what are you doing? But like leading up to half, when you specifically are like, oh, I wanted to practice this one thing that's really actually hard to practice in a game situation. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, he's obviously not going to go back to Alabama. I, I heard people throwing it out there, like, now that he got hurt, will he go back? It's like, no, come on, he can't do that. Yeah, uh, but just to remind you, he's a true junior. Um, and he was so cute in his um, I know in his hospital bed dancing and I did he have like a stuffed animal lion I looked like next to me. It's just adorable. Oh, uh, you heard it here play. first, folks getting drafted oh by the Lions. So cute. <laughs> uh speaking of football being a violent sport. Yikes. So I as before as Greg knows, uh I was at a bar for that <laughs> game on Thursday. And uh I wish I was. I left before it was over. And when I got home, I had missed it. Yeah. It had just happened. I missed it. I saw the internet exploding about like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Turned on the TV and was like, are you, what the fuck? <laughs> that was insane. It was like, I also didn't see it live because I was falling asleep and boy, was that game hard to watch. It was, so that was, was, that game was so, <laughs> it was boring. so bad. It was also, I married to a Steelers fan famously. So like mm. extra hard. Um, and so it, it was like, unre- it was like an onion. It was like, Oh, this crazy thing happened. And I didn't realize other people had seen it. Like I saw somebody post about it on Twitter and then it was like, the takes were exploding. All oh, these the extra levels were coming takes. out. I was like, holy, this is a whole thing. Like, they, they're they still not even done. I guess they're going to announce some more fines tomorrow, Tuesday, or today. They said around 10 players are expected to be fined because you can't, like, leave the bench or go into the field or whatever during a fight. Right. And so in addition to the suspensions that have already been handed down, even more, like, there's so many developments, so many takes. I don't. It also just, I don't, when there's a moment like that, 
of like violence with a weapon, let's call it what it is, on a field, it's sort of like, I don't know, it puts in like, you just get, your vision just becomes really clear and you're like, what are we, this is a game. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. What is, this man just attacked this man with a weapon on a field and we're like, how many games is he going to sit? It's like, wait, uh, you could go to jail for something like that. Yeah. That was so angry and the way his head went in like a turtle when he got boinked on it with a helmet. Boink does not sound like a Violently sound. boinked. <laughs> he was severely boinked. <laughs> violently boinked on the head. And just like the you just uh, watch his head go into his pads like a turtle. It what well, it was that was nuts. He seemed to bounce back from it. A tough year for Mason Rudolph. But like he just once it happened, you're like, oh, God, is there blood? Is he okay? And he just was like, did you see what he just did? It's like, yes, no, we all saw what he did. It's uh, you got to You should focus on making sure your head is good. That was insane. And like, ah, what a mess this all is. It really is. Because he did try to yank his helmet off. There is a lot that led up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Did they find Mason Rudolph yet? Because you said there's more fines coming, and I, I had heard he was coming. going to I be fined. He didn't get fined tomorrow. yet, unless it broke while we've been in here. Yeah, uh, but man, so Miles Garrett's out for at least the rest of the season. Yeah, I did. Uh, Marquise Pouncey was suspended for three games, and Primanti Brothers in Pittsburgh offered him as a job as a bouncer. Offered him a job as a bouncer at Primanti. Oh, They're like, hey, so you're really good at protecting valuable oh assets. Why don't you come protect ours? And he's like, hey, I'm not making money for a while. So I saw someone say offer? something like, uh, I I feel like it might have been Miles Garrett that they were like, had just done a bobblehead of him. Oh, no. Like someone well, had just done like a giveaway of like, blah, 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 get a free bobblehead. It was like, yeah. But yeah. it would make more sense. If it were Mason Rudolph, but right. I don't think it was a Mason Rudolph bobblehead. Either way, it was like someone had just run a promotion about like, or no, no, it was a mini helmet. It was like, get this free mini Miles Garrett helmet. And Yikes. then it was like, ah, this I don't is- know. <laughs> you know, for all your boinking needs. Oh, oh boy. What was crazy to me was when Max Kellerman read that there is an actual rule in the NFL rule book called use of helmet as a weapon. Oh, really? And, yeah. And it was, it's like for illegal use of helmet as a weapon, you lose 15 yards and automatically dis disqualified if the follows by the defense it's also an automatic first down and huh. he like read that on tv and i was like oh my god i can't believe this is in the rule book like they had to make that a rule i was gonna no, say if there, don't was. you feel like there's a thing no at some point they had to make it a rule right. that's what she's saying right. if it, if you're sitting down to your job today as typer of the nfl rule book and you're like <laughs> okay well all done with that one what's next uh use of a helmet as a, all right uh <laughs> i feel like you should have it should give you pause and you should be like what are we doing that i have to type in here oh my god what's a crazy nfl rule that isn't in there now that will exist in there in the future oh, of no. like uh sending of tweet from on field <laughs> right. that honestly that I've, i would be shocked if that wasn't one in the next like, i feel like those are in, probably in team rules yeah. but i doubt they're like official and you'd have to be on the field doing it <laughs> Like showing in the, in the of, huddle, yeah, <laughs> right like on the ground, like parkouring over. <laughs> I mean, that's just nuts. It was nuts. It was ugly. A lot of ugliness was involved. I was just gonna say on both sides, on every side, <laughs> bad people. Oh, uh, he ruins every phrase. Anyway, uh, this is unsports related, but Disney Plus came out. Ooh, 
which I'm being paid to say. I'm just kidding. Uh, and Ashley, I know you're a big Star Wars fan. I know you've been mad at me because I watched the movies, but I was a kid and I don't remember them. I'm and I'm just not as passionate you. as you are about I'm Star not Wars mad at you. lore. Anyway, what I am passionate about is stars from the early aughts that we've forgotten about having really intense takes on things. And I know there's many examples, but the one I'm currently thinking of is one, Freddie Prinze Jr. When's the last time you thought about Freddie Prinze Jr.? Ah, 2008? Well, he's still with us. <laughs> and uh, I saw this video of someone saying like, man, this is uh, – I'm like ready to run through a wall. Or it was like, sis did that. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what – I'm going to watch this. I bookmarked it. I watched it yesterday. It is – I don't know what it's from. Go look it up. Um and I, and it's, and, uh, it's Freddie Prince Jr. on a podcast, I think. Yeah. Which like, my take, one of my takeaways was let's book Freddie Prince Jr. on this podcast. Uh, write it on your cup. Write it on my cup. Um, and he, uh, and he's going off about Star Wars and people getting mad, you know, as Star Wars fans do. Oh, they do. About certain things that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he explained it in such a way. That even, again, I who doesn't follow the lore or like keep track of any of this stuff, I was like, oh, I, I ride with that guy. He sounds very rational and he really breaks it down smartly. It's a three minute clip, but I wanted to, you haven't seen it, I imagine. No. You're not, you don't have a Google alert for Freddie Prince Jr. as I, I do. I don't. I feel like Freddie Prince Jr. might be in the Clone Wars. Did I make that up? Yeah, no, yeah. he was like, I participated in, uh, as somebody who's been in one of these movies okay. or whatever it was. I'm not crazy. That's good. I have no idea what Clone Wars is. Okay, uh, so here it is. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. talking about Star Wars on a sports podcast. Go ahead, Jay. I did a Star Wars cartoon, so even I get hate from Star Wars fans when I'm like, look, dog, you're just mad the franchise isn't aging with you. Right. right. <laughs> that ain't how it works. The first one was for fucking kids. Right. The second three were for different kids <laughs> and this one is for kids you just pissed off that han solo gave the millennium falcon to a girl that's <laughs> it hold on i tried to ring it i tried to ring it so far i am very firmly on team freddy here and his voice kind of sexy if he's not an athlete so i can say that oh yeah 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 you can got like a, like the way he's talking i'm like okay we're also gonna have to bleep freddie prince jr on our podcast <laughs> airing like a clip from sorry, his yeah. podcast that isn't bleeped people are so mad that he gave his ship to a girl yeah Rude. Luke Skywalker Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Okay. He can talk to things that don't speak English and understands what they're f-ing saying. <laughs> yeah. He gets a fairy godfather instead of a fairy godmother who teaches him how to be the best Jedi in the world in no time f-ing flat. <laughs> and everybody like, I know more about the force than most people because Dave Filoni taught me and George Lucas taught him. And all these video games have f-ing people up on what the force is. Like mm. Luke's skill doesn't dictate Hold whether on. he Dang. wins or loses. You said, I, I, hmm. I know I want to defend him to finish his thought. No, you're going to hear him finish his thought. Oh, I okay. want to know what you think he means by that. Well, there is speculation that F- Filoni, yeah. like, kind of manipulates canon to, like, have it serve his purposes. But he is, like, the protege of George Lucas. So if George Lucas tells Filoni and Filoni tells Freddie um, Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. naturally. Oh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. They're still married? Oh, yeah. Love oh, that. that. that I nice. love that. That's beautiful. Like, he he is more insightful than most fans are. And the video game thing is was – I was mmming at because I think in – in I haven't actually played Star Wars video games, but I'm assuming there are like – Because you got too many pigs to sell. There, I'm assuming there are like most video games in that like you do something and then you get better. Like you level up and so it's like you get better with practice with the force and I'm hoping that he's about to be like – no, it's like your your force skill, strength or whatever is like 
predetermined and then you just are training like yourself on how to use it and manipulate it. It's not like your skill expands. Yeah. Yeah. So even though people are pissed that Ray as a woman um, is good at the force, even though she didn't have any Jedi training when really Luke didn't have that much either. Honestly, people forget. So that's what I assumed he was going to yeah. say. Go ahead, but I'm on board so far. Luke has taught him and all these video games have fucked people up on what the force is like Luke's skill doesn't dictate whether he wins or loses right. the emperor doesn't dictate whether he wins or loses the force dictates who wins or loses based on balance and here's the the the, the quick version of how to explain it to all these people who think they get to decide hold on I think I disagree with him on this okay like he's basically saying anytime they fight it isn't the like the person involved has no impact on it. It's all predetermined by the force. Is that how you guys also interpreted I think, that? I think so. Because that kind of takes the whole like choice. It's like destiny over like free will. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, but that I don't. I don't agree with that. What do you think? I I I, I think yes, the force has to be in balance. But I don't think the force is saying like okay on Tuesday, not the Emperor and Luke are going to go at it, and we already know who's going to win. Like the whole point wrestling. is like you have to. It is not. Prof- which is real to me. Um, the whole point is you have to like overcome your own de- overcome your own demons and like like otherwise what? Why are we watching any of these movies? Push play. In the first, if you want to do this like time wise, Palpatine, you would say, and Yoda are the smartest too. Palpatine clearly smarter because Yoda was blind to the power of the dark side of the seduction <laughs> sure of, of Anakin. So let's talk about the seduction of Anakin Skywalker for a second. If the Emperor, can you ring your bell? I would love to talk about the seduction. <laughs> Just for a second. Let's talk about it. Mm. Ryan you know, Philippe, you also, have... also a nine aught star. Let's go. That's not Ryan Philippe. <laughs> oh, shit, it's Hayden Christensen. My goodness. I always do that. Goldie Hawn all over again. I'm just going to yell, start yelling at him now. Philippe. Anakin Philippe? Skywalker for a second. <laughs> if the Emperor is the smartest dude in the, in the universe and knows that the Force dictates this, if he kills who he sees as a rival, Anakin, then he knows the Force is just going to fall correct that because the emperor knows this these are george lucas's words not mine so fuck you if you disagree with me i just want to say ashley's face said she disagreed with him and then he said these are george lucas's words not mine so fuck you if you disagree with me and she was like "Mm." well i think hold on i think we don't have to break this isn't binge mode we don't have to break it down but there's a lot of speculation shout out to binge mode uh there's a lot of speculation that the emperor like actually like manipulated the Metachlorians to like ma- breed Anakin. Like he's born – like he didn't have a father, like bred from the, the force. I'm trying to think of a way to explain I just realized I'm so unequipped to like – Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, but what yeah, I, think I, is, I was literally like the cells. That, imagine like, you're me in every other part of this podcast and you're just talking to a bunch of people mm-hmm. who aren't responding to you. Yeah, so I don't think – I don't think the emperor ever intended to like kill Anakin. I think he was always trying to recruit him up. But it, they do say that, like, if there has to bring balance, right? For every light, there's a dark, and so if you kill one, another one will spawn up in its place. Yes, yeah, but I don't like in the world. Straight, straight up, this is information, not affirmation time. Straight Love up, that. man. So the emperor knows that. So instead of killing Anakin, what does he do? He seduces Anakin to double the strength of the dark side. So then, what does the force do? Balance. It balances us. How? It gives us twins, mm. Luke and Leia, two and f- two. Balance. Leia like doesn't use the Force ever. Like I don't. That's not. Hmm. Sorry. Why are you sorry? Because I I, I want to agree. What I, wanted. I want I don't, to agree. With I wasn't him. playing it so you'd agree with him. I was playing it because I said 
that I it was like, oh, I'm sold, but I don't know the other side or to argue the other side, and I want information, not affirmation, which is a great thing he said that I like. <laughs> so I'm playing Born this so that Tuesday, if you disagree, you can agree. I mean, we know Leia's like force sensitive, but she does. We never really see it. We see it like once in. I don't I forget. Like it was gluten? The Force Awakens. What? Like gluten? She's sensitive, force, force sensitive? sensitive. Oh boy. Well, no. Like she she has the ability to use it, mm. but like doesn't ever. Like she can sense things. But then, like, when she's old Leia, she, like, saves herself at one point, which was, like, cool because it's the first time we saw her use it. But she didn't, like, bring balance anywhere. It was all Luke. But she's twins. I know. Like, she could, but, like, it was always about Luke, which is some bullshit. Yeah, I think that's sexism. Balance. And if you look at the movie through just that simple perspective, you will not only know why every single bad guy loses and every single good guy loses, you'll know who's going to win and lose in the next movies i can tell you i just don't want to wreck it people bitch about the dumbest shit like it's archetype characters this is george lucas's words there is no jack bauer in star wars that character doesn't exist it's not han solo han solo is a reluctant hero okay he's a reluctant hero that's the archetype dark maul who everybody wants to win and he's everyone's favorite because he looks sick and he's great in the video games. does look cool you guys he's sisyphus <laughs> He is born to fail. Learn your Greek mythology. Like, I don't know. Ashley. What? Ashley. This is Star Wars and Greek mythology. Learn your Greek birthday? mythology. Roll your stone up the hill until it falls oh, back down. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. That's that's really funny. Yeah, like people always say, I don't know, that they think all of this is a science is something he said. Like, this is how the force works. You can't do that. You can't track people through light speed. It's like, what? No, George Lucas, like, came up with this world. The rules change all the time. Nobody knows what the rules are. But it sounds like what Freddie Prince Jr. is saying is that, like, it's so formula that you guys are arguing about it, not even realizing that, like, right now, if I wanted to, I could tell you who would win any fight because it's formula. Maybe I'm hearing him wrong, but it sounds like he's saying... These are the rules of the force, and if you know that and you watch the movies that way, then you will know who's going to win before they win. I mean, if his formula is like there always has to be two Sith and uh, however number X number of Jedi to balance like how strong they are, then sure, that was kind of handed down to us. But at the same time, like it's a, it's a little confusing because like the saga, like the big movie canon is like separate from the peripheral like, stuff like Mandalorian. Right. Right. And like Clone Wars and Legends, which isn't anymore. But like, Dar- spoiler alert, we saw this in Rogue One. Like, Darth Maul doesn't die. He's out there still God, running like Ashley. Crimson Dawn. We saw it in I Rogue One. I was going to watch it. We all it. saw it in Rogue One. We didn't all see it. I'm Some of sorry. Us had and, um, it queued up solo, to watch. In Solo. In Solo. Uh, but yeah, it's like you can – I'm assuming that's what he's saying the formula is. Well, and it seemed interesting that he said that like no one actually is the winner. What it felt like to me, he was saying, like, because it has to be in balance, like, even when the good guy wins, it's just rebalancing. It's rebalancing to a new bad guy coming so that it's constantly in flux. Is there more? Is he done? There's a little more. Tell me, Freddie. He's cursed to roll a boulder up the hill, oh, only to have it roll to the bottom <laughs> Darth again. Darth Maul, I think, every the next single time yes. for eternity. Yes. That is Darth Maul's quest. Yes. He's in on the joke, you guys. He knows it. He's just cursed to live that life again. Not my opinion. George Lucas is. So go fuck yourself if you disagree. You don't get to level up in the Star Wars oh. world. That's a video game. There's no such thing as a gray Jedi. Qui-Gon even says, I turn towards the light because it's there. There's no gray. There's no, that's, that's pretend fan fiction shit. 
which is cool, <laughs> but don't try to canonize it because it doesn't work. And I'm never going to buy it ever. Star Wars is for fucking kids. <laughs> sorry. I'm yeah, sorry, man. That was thing. <laughs> Good job, Freddie Prince. Way to Jr. go, Freddie. Thanks for coming on the show. You must get so much <laughs> like heat and hate from people on the internet because Star Wars fans are like upset. I, I mean, yeah. And like They're anybody upset. who's really passionate about anything, ugh. Get off the internet. <laughs> wow, that's a just, take. It's, well, it's just like find something better to do with your time. You can love something without like getting that distraught over yeah. it. Overall, rate is take. Um, I'd say it's pretty good. I'd give it an eight out of ten. Okay. I had a couple issues, but the overall point, go fuck yourself. I think yeah. was the overall point. <laughs> yeah. To the fans who are like seriously mad about, you know, the turn that these movies are taking, it's like you're, you are very greedy that you are given this gift. Watch it and enjoy it and like don't take issue with it. It was like that with Game of Thrones too. It's like you have this thing that you love so much. You want to see it go a certain way. And when it doesn't, you get real pissy about it. Which is fine. You can be upset, but don't let it ruin your life. And well, don't that actually one go like, attack other people. But that one's tough because when you're getting reports of like, oh, they wanted to move on and had to get this written in a short amount. Of, it's like you can when you can see behind the curtain and you can see that it's worse now because it changed hands and uh, those hands wanted to go do something else. That's when it's like – I think if the laziness uh, is a factor, yes. Right. When because like before, back in the day, you didn't know if you know George Lucas was working on something else so he was too busy. You know what I mean? Like we see that now like with the dudes who did uh, Game of Thrones. We also like, oh. had – when George Lucas was still in charge, there was a whole trilogy that was trash garbage. That's like he was there yeah. in charge of that trash garbage. So like it's not wow. a turnover thing. It's like you just don't like the direction of the story and you can examine your reasons why. Before later. we get before we get to erotic news of the week, which oh, we're going to do. Yeah. Uh Ash, you have a take. I don't think we should do maybe we shouldn't do it this week. Maybe we should tease it. So I just want I'm you working, to I'm baking. Because she was it. like, Oh, I think a thing we could do on this podcast today is um as opposed to talk about Colin Kaepernick for four hours, which I did by accident. Um we could just try out some takes. And so I want you to just say the take. Neither of us are allowed to say anything. And we will see how the internet reacts to it. And then we can probably react to it and the reaction. So no context. Next just one sentence. You're just going to say what your take is. Okay. If crazy stupid love didn't happen. The movie. The movie. Nobody would think Ryan Gosling is sexy. Okay. So that take again People only think Ryan Gosling is sexy because of the movie Crazy Stupid Love. Yes. Okay. I feel is, good about it. I feel. <laughs> I feel. This but is I'm my not, response. Don't. No. Don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay. Let's get into some erotic news of the week, let's shall we? do it. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Welcome to the erotic news oh. of the week. Uh, chicken Parmesan is making... Why? Chicken what? Par- parmesan, parmesano, however you'd like to say No one it. says parmesano. <laughs> Chicken parmesan is making dudes on NYC dating apps horny, according to the New York Post. Uh, they reported that local singles said that parm is an obsession for NYC single guys. And a totally an aphrodisiac, according to many men uh, on dating ca- apps across the city. Uh, when uh, the reporter looked into this... She, she reached out to a 25-year-old woman who says she sees the food cited frequently on the dating app Hinge and says, chicken parm guys find me. You don't realize how many there are. What? She like, we are legion. <laughs> she continues. We are parmesan. <laughs> There's questions that you answer in your profile, like describe your perfect date. 
and she started to notice a pattern. If the question has anything to do with food, a bunch of guys would be talking about chicken parm. I thought, what is this phenomenon? And I told my friends, and one of them sent me three screenshots that night of guys talking about chicken parm. Uh, a Brady Langman, a dude, said, oh, nice. it's the perfect make-for-a-date dish, uh, and considers uh, the chicken parm from a place near his apartment part of his self-care routine. So... I have a question. Okay. My, can, can we, we stop the music? The music? <laughs> it's just so loud. It's just so In case good. you didn't hear it, folks, chicken parmesan <laughs> is uh, apparently making people horny. What's your question, Jay? Uh, first question. Is Let's there... not do more than one. What's your question, Jay? <laughs> well, the, the good question is if they were really smart, shouldn't the aphrodisiac be eggplant parmesan? Oh, but, but, cha. But, <laughs> the question is <laughs> if you went on a date and you had chicken parmesan, how do you see that date ending? Uh, well, Jay, it's a very personal question. How many dates have we been on? Is it our first date? Because you know, famously, you don't have sex on the – or you do. I don't. Sweatpants. <laughs> Look, what I think is happening here is that people are discovering that not only bitches can be basic. Right. If a guy – if a bunch of dudes are answering chicken parm for what their favorite food is, it's just because it's the easiest food to write that isn't like – it doesn't turn anybody off. But I don't think it turns people on. I think it's just like if you said, what's your favorite food? Oh, I love like feta cheese. Everyone's like, ah, there's going to be people who don't. It's polarizing. Chicken Mm. parm is a uniting food. Mm. Everybody likes chicken parm. It's chicken. It's cheese. It's breaded. It's not – doesn't make you feel too unhealthy. It comes with pasta if you want to or you can go without it if you're – I forgot I had makeup on. I just smudged it all over my face. Uh, It's just like it's an easy food. But I don't think it's – I don't think it's making people horny. And nothing in that article made me think it's making people horny. Did you editorialize or did no, it literally head- say that that was the headline? Chicken oh, Parmesan is making dudes in NYC. So like horny. a really, a really good chicken Parmesan is like it's Parmesan. If you could <laughs> Parmesan. This, this is a bi Parmesan issue. <laughs> I feel like we should just take a voicemail. I think we should you? just call the dudes Parmesans. No, Jay, we're not done. We still have to do the decons. <laughs> We're not right. taking a voice. Oh my <laughs> gosh. All right. Uh, yeah. It's a weird story. It we're going to call the weird. dudes. That's the new basic bitch is Parmesan. <laughs> like, yo, he's a par- he's a Parmesan. Because <laughs> everything he says is so boring and vanilla. He's such like a Parmesan. Like a Visco girl, but a Parmesan. Yeah. Yeah. Like a basic bitch, but a Parmesan. Got it. Visco girls are something very specific. Sorry. I just wanted to call back unnecessarily. You know, it's my favorite thing. To it do. really is. Okay. Disney Channel original movies. Here's the deal. I'm going to tell you all the ones that are that are sports related, uh, and then we got to pick eight. This is the hardest part. Mm. What we're going to do, folks, is next week we're going to have the eight arranged in a bracket. So if you want to watch those eight between now and then, I'd say go for it. If you think that this is me telling you what to do, then don't do it. Like I don't. This isn't a sponsored segment. We tried to do a Disney Channel Plus or Disney Plus sponsored segment, and Disney was like, "No thanks, we're not interested." So <laughs> um, just to reiterate, no one's telling us to do this, and we could probably even get in trouble for it, but this is the thing we want to do. I want to watch old Disney Channel movies and discuss them, because I feel like they are just chock full of content. So that's the goal. We should be going into this with the goal not being what was our favorite or whatever, but it should be like, what's... Think about the brackets we've done in the past. <laughs> what you're looking for is stuff you can like argue about. Or just like something that's chock full. We don't want to do too many that are similar. You know what I mean? Mm. So first we've got Brink. These are in no no particular order. I just put them down. Brink, I feel like, is a front runner. Uh, it's got Eric Von Detten, which what happened to him? Um, it's about inline skating. It's the soul skaters. They skate for the fun of it, not the money. And they clash with a group of sponsored skaters, Team X-Blades, who go to school with them in Southern California. 
Uh, Brink discovers his family's in financial trouble, so he's got to go against the wishes of his parents and his friends. He joins Team X-Blades. He leads a double life, but will he pull it off? That's Brink. I am hooked. Brink is also a classic. So yeah. I think we go ahead and lock Brink in. It's definitely one of them. Good, because that's one of the two that I've seen. Are okay. we going to be seeding them after Still we have pick to, our eight? Not tonight. Got it. Johnny Tsunami. Sports related. It's a, it's about a Hawaiian teenage surfer who his father's job forces them to move to Vermont and then he's got to become like a snow sport as opposed to a water sport. I feel like that also has to be locked. It's, it's a, a good, second it's a, one of the ones that I've seen. <laughs> you still have to rewatch them. I know, but so why would you want to watch ones you've already seen? But Johnny Tsunami is a classic, so that's probably okay. locked in. Okay, now things get a little different. Alley Cat Strike. That's from the year 2000. A group of hip retro teenage outsiders become involved in an inner school bowling rivalry. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I really want to watch it. It kind of <laughs> sounds great. Was there anybody famous in it? Uh, I don't know. Let me Google it. You look that up. I'm going to keep going. Miracle in Lane 2. I believe this is Freddie Munoz. Munoz. Freddie Parmesan. Kelly Cuoco in Alley Cat Strike. Whoa. Wow. That could help them move to the front. Okay, Miracle in Lane 2 was also the year 2000. Uh, Myron Yoder's Indiana family always was proud of eldest son Seth, a sports prodigy. Most attention goes to younger Justin, whose spina bifida condition means a wheelchair and constant frantic care. During makeup chores for endangering grumpy – okay, this is too much detail. Justin discovers a sport he finally hopes to excel in, soapbox car racing, and gets highly experienced – Vic and Pa to help coach him. That proves promising and dangerous, but also puts unbearable stress on the family cohesion as Seth now feels cruelly shoved aside. Seth sounds like he needs to get over it. (laughs) So that's that one. Then we got Rip Girls, also from 2000. When a teenage girl... Belle and her – oh, those are the actors' names. When a teenage girl and her father come to an island on Hawaii, they find a closer relationship to each other and think about changing the island. During her adventures, Sydney, who nobody told me what that was, but I imagine that's a teenage girl, finds friends, a new hobby with her fantastic photography and the truth about her mother. That doesn't sound enough about sports for me. That's Camilla Bell. Uh, she's like who? a famous act- actress. She is – um. She, is she a surfer? No. You mean Camilla Cabello? No, Camilla Bell. <laughs> She's, I'm hip. I'm with it. She's in, um. You know what, Jay? I don't care. I've eliminated Rip Girls. Oh, uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Girls. <laughs> oh! Motocross. I just feel like it should be R.I.T.M.P. Girls. You no, they I mean? don't get the most piece. Also, Mother Jay, Teresa gets the most piece. So, Jay, you were near for that. So. Before your time. You were near for that. I mean, I listened to it. Jay? Motocross. <laughs> Uh, 2001, Andrea Carson, who loves motocross, despite the fact that her father finds her unsuited for the sport, being that she's just a girl. Is that not a full sentence? <laughs> <laughs> when her twin brother Andrew breaks his legs just before, just one, sorry, breaks his leg just before a big race, their father's forced to go to Europe to find a replacement rider. Uh, in the meantime, Andrea secretly races in Andrew's place with her mother's help. I love a girl pretending to be a guy movie. Right, but why wouldn't the dad know that she, like, while you're looking for the guy to race in the race, I'm going to race in the race. Did the dad not know the date of the race? We're going to have to watch it and find out, I think. Okay, well, that's, it's still in the running. It's, it was good. I remember that one. Luck of the Irish. I'm going to use my straight to Vegas on this one, I think. <laughs> you know, when you can send someone straight to Vegas, was yeah. that on the the, vo- the X Factor? Something. The, whatever it is. Have a golden <laughs> ticket. A teenager must battle. How fitting. <laughs> a teenager must battle for a gold charm to keep his family from being controlled by an evil leprechaun. If that's confusing about why it's sports, let me break it down. Popular junior high school basketball player Kyle Johnson, played by Ryan Merriman. Learns he's a leprechaun after the magical <laughs> gold coin that makes him look like a human 
because it's like a thing that you have to hold on to and, and then as soon as you lose it, you become a leprechaun. It's stolen by an evil leprechaun named Seamus McTiernan. Oh, boy. So he didn't know he was a leprechaun? No. Oh, boy. His, fam- his family was always really uh, shady about where they were from and what their heritage was. And his school had heritage night and they were like, oh, we're just from Ohio or something. And then he finds out later. Okay, sorry. Uh, in an attempt to get the coin back, Kyle must travel to Ireland to engage Seamus in several traditional competitions such as wrestling and step dance with it all culminating in one final competition, a basketball game. So we're watching Luck of the Irish. hundred <laughs> percent, yes. You, is it <laughs> shot in Ireland? No. Oh. It's a decom, okay. actually. It's shot Sorry. in Burbank. Shot on a, on a lot. <laughs> this one, I'm going to probably not, I want to fight for it, but I'm tired. Cadet Kelly, 2002, that's Hillary Duff, Christy Carlson Romano from <gasps> Even Stevens. 14-year-old Kelly Collins lives in New York's Greenwich Village, is hip to the latest fashions. I didn't write these. And has never (laughs) been more popular with her friends. Things are great until her mom marries the head of the George Washington Military Academy in upstate New York. Kelly relocates and is ordered to turn in her designer duds for the fatigues required at military school. Free-spirited Kelly makes an effort to blend in with her by-the-book peers, but finds herself at odds with her ill-tempered cadet captain, Jennifer Stone, who sets her sights on breaking in the newest cadet. But Kelly tries to prove she's tougher, as Kelly endures rigorous rigorous boot camp training and even a court-martial at the hand of her own stepfather. Can't wait to find out what that's about on my own time, because this is not... She begins to see the value of the military life, especially after she makes the Academy's distinguished drill team and impresses, impresses cadet major Brad Rigby, the cutest boy in school. I loved that movie. It's very um, Eliza Dushku's role in Bring It On of like, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it. It's a uh, it's very legally blonde. If I'm going to do it, she's going to be a lawyer, it. but she's going to be a lawyer her own way. Yeah. OK, that, that we that, won't do it. It's not. It's fine. Got to kick it up. <laughs> Got to kick it up was 2002. You may know it from Si Se Puede. Uh, America Ferreira was in that one. Uh, this is gonna be the first year that Marshall Middle School was not going to have a dance team. All that changes when the new biology teacher, Miss Bartlett, agrees to be the coach. Now the girls need to prove that they're ready to compete and are able to win, not only to themselves, but to their parents and their coach. Using the chant, si se puede, or yes I can, the dance team builds their confidence to perform. I don't understand, um, the, the, the main issue. They weren't gonna have a dance team, then a new Teacher comes and is like, we have a dance team. Sounds like they fixed that problem right at the top of the plot. So yeah, gonna, maybe they're trash. Gonna rule out, gotta kick it up. <laughs> Full court miracle, 2003, an African American college football, uh, sorry, college basketball star becomes the head coach of a yeshiva's struggling basketball team in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Woo, it's after in. a knee injury forces him to leave the game based on the true story, so I'm eliminating it. Anything that's a true story <laughs> is out of here. Give me an unknown what? leprechaun. What's up? Oh, that uh, one's also based on a true story, but I made an exception. <laughs> No, I'm just I'm still struggling with the the coach. Of a the- black guy coached a bunch of Jewish kids. <laughs> yeah. It's an uplifting story. Sounds this is back great. when that was a revolutionary. That's, yeah, that's like oh my god. Yeah, a coach. Like wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. 2005 follow, follows 14 year old Caitlin in her quest to become a world class championship ice skater. When renowned Russian figure skating coach Natasha Goberman. <laughs> These names are Russian fire. Okay. Offers to train her at the private school where she teaches. Caitlin will do almost anything to take advantage of the opportunity, even join the girls hockey team on scholarship. Ooh. It's cutting edge, but for kids. But reversed. A figure skater tries to play hockey. Yeah. Interesting. I'm interested. Jump in. 2007. That's Corbin Blue and Kiki Palmer. Ha. Kiki. Holy cow. Uh, story revolves around a young boxer, Izzy Daniels, who trains to follow in his father's footsteps by winning the Golden Glove. When his friend Mary, however, asks him to substitute, I believe he has a crush for, a crush on Mary. Don't read ahead. Sorry. <laughs> asks him to substitute for a team member in a double Dutch tournament, the young man discovers a hidden passion for jump roping. 
that's I a love, that's a front runner for me. I it's love not in. that. I love that. I love that. It's like oh, I don't want your life. <laughs> I want to jump in with Katie Palmer. Uh, okay. Double teamed, 2002. This is Heather and Heidi Burge. They're twin sisters that don't. I went to middle school, high school with a Heidi Burge. Our twins, you don't care. Our twin sisters that don't get along well when they move to a bigger school in order for more chances to get volleyball scholarships. <laughs> Heidi, is that how it works? Heidi is tired of being in Heather's shadow and therefore she joins the drama club. Although they switch schools to play volleyball, Heather is recruited by the basketball coach because of her amazing height. Their dad finds out and forces Heidi to join the basketball team as well. The twins learn to get along and become professional players when they get, oh, well, that gave that away. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay. Well, I, I mean, for the poster and the name, Alone, I'd say yes. On plot, I don't know, double teamed. All right, we'll keep it in the maybes. Right on track. Stars Brie Larson. Wow. But she's not really the star. And Beverly Mitchell of Seventh Heaven fame. Oh, wow. But it's a fact-based drama, and so it's out. So it's ruled out. That's a bummer. Genius from 1999. Charlie, science whiz, hockey lover, and all-around genius. (laughs) Sounds like a guy I'd like to date. (laughs) He's tired of being friendless. It's bad enough that he's in college before he's 14. Oh you know, tough helping a scientist who's in the midst of trying to defy gravity. So in <laughs> order to, in order to make his life exactly how he wants it, Charlie reinvents himself by taking on the image of a slacker slash bad boy and enrolls in a local junior high. But juggling two lives is rough, even for a genius. Yeah, cause you're going to middle school and college at the same time. <laughs> he's like, man, this is tough to juggle. Let me add one more. I'm interested in that. Is yeah, that enough sports? Though? I don't know. Juggling is sports. Maybe. Emmy Rossum in that movie. Ah. Yeah. Do we know if there's more sport? It says hockey lover. I know, but that's it. It doesn't say sport again after that. Yeah, I he, thought he did something yeah, there's, about. There's a hockey team involved. Okay. Is he on it? No. Um, there's he, a hockey, I think he's like again, the, uh, he money balls it, I think. Oh. Right? Yeah, pretty much. It was 1999. I had a lot going on that year. <laughs> Ready to Run from 2000. A 14-year-old girl who works at a racetrack trains a talking racehorse with issues, transforming him into a winner. <laughs> Don't like, you to tell me twice. Mr. Ed and Rhea. <laughs> uh, 13th year. I'm also giving this one the golden ticket. Woo, that's exciting. Because I never saw it, but it's from 1999 when Cody Griffin is a star swimmer. Why when? <laughs> okay, Cody Griffin is a star swimmer who is getting interest from a girl named Sam, and he has a supportive family. Then he discovers that his birth mother is a mermaid when he begins to grow fins <laughs> oh and slimy scales. I remember this one. On his 13th birthday, he also, sorry, so on his 13th birthday, he discovers that he's a, that his mom's a mermaid because he grows fins and slimy scales. He also discovers who his true friends are. Wow. Guys, Dave Coulier Holy. in this movie. Yep. <laughs> this and last incredible. one, last one, going to the mat from 2004. That's got Andrew Lawrence and Wayne Brady. Love wow. That. Jace is the new kid. That's how you know it's from 2004. <laughs> Jace is the new kid at school, and he's also blind. <laughs> what, a, what a lead. <laughs> Thinking that his talent on the drums is his ticket to fit in, he shows off in music class, only to find out that his teacher is also blind. I don't know if that – he can still hear. People treat him differently, and he soon, find, soon finds out that it's not because he's blind. It's because people think he's a snob. Desperate to fit in, he finds out that if he wants to be accepted, he must join a sport. <laughs> a lot of logical leaps here uh he decides to try his luck with wrestling i'm gonna rule that one out because i laughed a bunch there and i don't know the line with laugh i'm not laughing at him i'm laughing because it's like he thought he would show off in class but then he finds out darn his teacher's also blind and it's like that's okay i'm ruling it out for the same reason i'm ruling out the black guy coaches jewish kids <laughs> 
It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's not interesting to me. So, okay, the definites that we have in, we have four. It's Brink, Johnny Tsunami, Luck of the Irish, 13th year. So that's swim, basketball, I guess, leprechaunery, um, <laughs> uh, water slash snow sports, and um, inline yeah. skating. So I think we got. I think we got to add Alley Cat Strike. I really do want to see it. Bowling? I love an interschool bowling. It rivalry. feels like like a. It's like Breakfast Club with bowling. I'm I'm interested. So now we have we have room for three more. Just to recap, I think our leaders are. We've got Miracle in Lane Two, Motocross, uh, Jump In, <laughs> Genius. And ready to run. Oh, and double teamed. Yeah, but I think I'm out on double teamed okay, because we already out. know they become professional players when they get okay. older. I think double teamed is basically. I would like to. Too. I'd like okay. to vote for motocrossed. I really like when when girls have to pretend to be boys. Yeah, you like she's sports. the man. Yeah. You don't see that. You don't see that potentially becoming problematic. Well, and if it is, discuss we'll discuss it. it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay, so we've got Brink, Johnny Tsunami, Alley Cat, Strike, Motocrossed, Luck of the Irish, Thirteenth Year. Um, can we do jump in? Yeah, please. Yes. Jump in! <laughs> it's got Corbin Blue, so maybe he'll sing. <laughs> or five, six, seven. We need one more. Ready to run? Just to recap real quick. Ready to run is about a girl who trains a talking racehorse. <laughs> Genius is about a kid who loves hockey and school and goes to two schools at once. Um, Cadet Kelly already ruled out. And Miracle in Lane 2 is about a kid with spina bifida who starts, uh, he does soapbox car racing. But we have Go Figure too, right? Oh, crap. Where yeah. she has to play hockey too. Where is that? It was, oh, it's, I didn't hit enter? Yeah. Where is it? Under Full Court Miracle. Got it. Go figure. Uh, and also Go Figure, which um, she joins, the, the girl joins the hockey. I think Go Figure feels too much like, like she's not pretending to be a boy. She just joined hockey. Um, I feel like Ready to Run could be a train wreck. <laughs> she's training a talking horse. Jay, what do you think? Somebody help me think out loud. All right, Talking Horse in 2000, that animation could be pretty painful to watch. Hold on, actually, let me maybe help us, because I just realized Jump In was 2007. That's real late. Yeah. The others are like 98, 99, 2000, and is it unfair to put in a 2007 film as if they're going to use CGI or something? But like, what, is it unfair? I think the premise is good enough that we should watch it. Movies where animals talk. Make you uncomfortable? Make my sister super uncomfortable. I'm okay with it. Right. But is she coming or is she going to stay? I mean, it's it's unclear. I haven't talked to her yet. She wanted to see what the final bracket movies were before we decided. Of course. Genius. I'm worried about the amount uh, of hockey content. I have an update um, on Ready to Run, which okay. I think might push us over the edge. Uh, the horse is voiced by Sinbad. Okay. So it's ready to run. <laughs> so it's ready to run. <laughs> So our final eight, <laughs> Jesus Christ. is this the movie we all thought was him as a genie? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so we're going with Brink, Johnny Tsunami, Alley Cat Strike, Motocross, Luck of the Irish, Jump In, Ready to Run, and 13th Year. I'm so, I'm never happy when we make decisions. I'm so happy with these eight. Oh I didn't God. do too many, did I? One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nailed it. Perfect. All right, folks. So you should watch those between now and next week if you want. Watch a couple. Watch one. Watch whichever one jumps out at you. You're going to watch Luck of the Irish. Uh, <laughs> and we will be breaking those down and picking a definitive winner 
I know it was originally going to be of all decoms, but it's just too. I mean, that was hard to pick, and these movies all sound like trash. Like it's gonna be. It would be way. And also, I would just end up picking Xenon Girl, the twenty first century. So why even bother? I still haven't seen it. You should watch that one on your own time, just for personal. Enjoyment. So do I get to watch these on work time? Is that what we just established? Nope. I have to watch eight movies. On my own time. Skip through them. They're pretty short. They're made for TV. Okay. They used to have commercials in between them where Hilary Duff would draw the ears. I remember that. You're watching Disney Channel. Dun, 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 dun. Holy <laughs> sh**. That is what it was. Okay. Let's, uh, Jay, you want to do a voicemail and then we'll get out of here? Yeah. This short pod. Yep. Hey, Katie, Ashley, and Jay. This is Brian from Michigan. Hi, Brian. I like to listen to your podcast when I drive. And when I first heard the Santa Halloween ad read, <laughs> I almost passed out and crashed my car. <laughs> so I have a question. Ding. <laughs> what was the worst way that you almost died? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your question, Brian. Love you, mean it. Hopefully he meant to hang. He didn't crap. No, I didn't hear any impact. Brian, if you're still with us, uh, thank you for your question. Uh, did you say you didn't hear any impact? <laughs> Uh, I, mine, I think I've told it before, but it was when I was driving and eating and I was eating an egg McMuffin and I, I choked. I've never felt choking, but I was choking alone and driving. And I was like, this is it. This is how I, this is how I die in the dumbest way ever. Uh, and I'd like pull over and like, like cough up and get it out. I, but I choked. I, you, no, I'd never heard that it's before. It's really terrifying. You're, I immediately, like, I've never thought of that as multitasking. Like, I'll think, don't text and drive. Don't, Jay once asked me to give him his laptop while he was driving. Like, I don't think you should do any of that. Famously. Don't watch movies and drive. But, like, I can eat an Egg McMuffin and drive. And then that day I was like, I'm never doing that again. Oh, man. Because it's not even just that it's going to distract you from driving. It's that if something goes wrong with eating, you're f- Yeah. Um, and I'd never had anything go wrong from eating, but it's just, if you've ever, if you've, if you don't think you've ever choked before, you've never choked before, you know, the second it happened, I was like, ha, we have a problem. Like, oh God, like it went, it didn't go down the wrong pipe. I just stopped. I was like, oh, I'm going to die. And luckily everything worked (laughs) out, but that is absolutely, uh, the worst way I almost died. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I was in a snowmobile accident. Oh, that was like just me, so no one else included. Uh, I was on my snowmobile. I was probably like 13. I was driving way too fast because that's how I am. Uh, and I had separated myself from the rest of my family. Mm. And I was singing, uh, I think, just around the river bend, really loud at the top just of my lungs around as, the as I was like going around. And when the ground you're on is white and then also – the other ground not on the trail is white. Like sometimes, and you're not paying close attention, there's a turn and you don't realize. And I went like straight off of a, oh, a mountain, a cliff, I'm not sure, Jesus. into the white. Um, and I thought I died because when I like opened, when I came to, like everything around me was like white and bright. And I was like, oh. dope, I made it to heaven. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, everything hurts yeah. a lot. Mm. Not dead. No. Really screwed. Need some help. In so much you trouble. Need assistance. Like could, I didn't have a phone. Is at the bottom oh, of like a gorge. And like somebody, oh like my whole family passed by without even seeing me down there. They less love you so much. They were so confused. They had no idea where I was. Whoa. So like they – it was really bad. Somebody else found me and had I couldn't get back up. Somebody oh else like God. had to go. Like, how old it was were you? Thirteen. I was oh like in Wyoming. This yeah. was your, your. Would you say this was in your 
thirteenth year. <laughs> and then I started discovering I'm a mermaid, and like my flipper hit the gas pedal yeah. really hard. Well, and your family had just relocated from Hawaii right to Vermont, right? And so you had to find a way to to fit in. And I thought right. it was snowmobiles. Yeah, so really slimy scales like hit. Really yeah. Got Man, the the that's terrifying. Yeah, it was scary. I'm glad you're okay. Thanks. <laughs> I, watched, I used to watch this show on – it was on ID Network, but I don't think that's even what it's called anymore. Called uh, uh, I Should Have Died. I Oh, yeah. I should have – I shouldn't have lit. Mm. I and shouldn't was, be alive. I shouldn't be alive. Yeah. Is that what it was called? I think so. There, there's – I've tried to find it and there's like a bunch of different iterations of it, but none were as good as this one, which was just – it was like two or three stories an episode, black backdrop, down barrel – talking about like a time that they absolutely should have died. And yeah. a lot of them were people who were like, I was hiking, I fell in a ditch, no nobody could find me, I couldn't yell, I was running out of food. Like it's nuts. And that could have been that. You're lucky somebody found you. I know. Yikes. <laughs> My mom was mad. Well that's hopefully first she was happy you yeah, were okay. She was happy I was because she didn't really I mean that that they didn't know how bad it was. Right. Because I caught up with them eventually. I had to get back on the no! There was no other way oh to get back. God. I was Ugh. so afraid. Like that guy had to like punch the windshield to get it like to pop back out because oh it was all like God. caved in and dented, but it still worked. Jesus. I landed in snow. And this is a good time to remind you today's podcast is not brought to you by Ski-Doo, but it could be. <laughs> and they've got those collapsible. They'll, they'll, they'll live through any accident, even if you don't. Ski-Doo what? doesn't sponsor <laughs> the podcast. Does Ski-Doo make snowmobiles? Because I know I they make know. jet skis. I'm just assuming it's just like Johnny Tsunami. It's the skills are transferable. Probably, <laughs> probably. It's brought to you by Cat. Do an ad for Who the, makes just them? the four of us. What are we calling it? It doesn't matter. It's not a real company, Ashley. Uh, well, it will be. We'll trademark. Jay, did you almost die? Uh, I was in a plane. Well, one time I was in France, uh, and uh, I I was in a plane once that only one of the two engines was going. So we oh. we like were sideways the whole time. Oh, it was, it was like the. I mean, how long's the whole time? Why didn't they land it? So we were, I guess it was fine. Like, I think <laughs> that it was like, I, I was flipping out. Like, I was like, I remember I had like my little Ashley's notebook. face says she does not believe you. And I was writing like, okay, when you find m- me, like, these were the things I wanted to do. And like, just like really scary thoughts. And then like, we, we were, I was flying from New York to Maine and it was like a really little plane. There was like eight eight seats or something like that and oh no God. one was on the intercom the whole time and it was just like sideways and i was just like what the hell is going on well then i would feel like safer i learned that this week it's like i now have recalibrated i used to be afraid of flying i've now recalibrated to the point where if the if the flight attendants aren't freaking out i'm fine i don't think there were flight attendants i think it was like or there maybe was one person but they were in the very back and i couldn't see them mm. um and so oh so you were thinking like the pilot's so focused on not crashing this plane he doesn't even have time to tell us that everything's cor- okay correct got it uh and so, like, we were sideways, 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 and then you, like, start to go down, and you see the land, you're still sideways, and then all of a sudden, it just went, like, whoop, and we, like, were normal, and, like, landed, and it was, like, it was crazy. Maybe right. he just had, like, a kink in his neck and was trying to overcompensate. I, Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't or know. she. I never, like, I did. I just, a lady pilot? Chill. <laughs> <laughs> this was years ago. I just remember, like, being, like, like, the feeling of flying sideways is super, super weird. So, hmm. that happened. I had an engine fail once and they were like, we're going to make an emergency landing. And I freaked out. And then I, and I look back on it now and I'm like, I bet we were perfectly fine. I just told that story when I was little. I was like, we almost died. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's what happened with me too. I just like, <laughs> when was yours? Being really scared. Uh, how old were you? I was probably 22. Mm. So, about, yeah. I mean, so I don't think that's what happened. With you. I was like, 
I just won a junior Olympic gold medal. So I you could have been any 10. age, 10, 11, 12, 13. You're 10. very talented for a I long time. I came up at the wedding this weekend. My date did not know that. Wow. And wow. he was very impressed in the nicest way. It was cute. Anyway, that's it for this week's edition of sports. Uh, shout out to us <laughs> for doing this podcast. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Stupidity, who shows up to weddings very late in <laughs> jeans and sneakers, untied. Ooh. And brushes his teeth with no shirt on in the yard of the house next to the estate where the wedding's happening and uh, prompts a neighbor to come out and ask if everything's okay. <laughs> Yikes. It's a journey through the brain of the wonderful Stugats. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, big thanks you guys for listening. Now and again later when you get home. How long, how long did this end up being, Jay? Uh, Seven hours. I want to say this is a 12-hour podcast. Guys, I've wanted a real answer. At least two. Yeah, this is a two. Great. All right. So go just listen to it once. Maybe no, twice. this is a bonus pod. They need to listen to it like a Yeah, we only times. did – literally, we could have been doing other stuff right now. And mm-hmm. I said, it's not cool. We can't do that to the people. And Ashley was like, obviously, we're doing a podcast. And Jay was like, what's up? Um, <laughs> or you could always much. leave us a nice review wherever you're listening to this podcast, which, by the way, we read and we love them. Like this one from Nathan Coleman 45 that says, best pizza in town. <laughs> if you want great pizza, this is the place to go. And the podcast is great too. <laughs> It's wedding planning is what it is, Nathan. It's not pizza. <laughs> and lastly, don't forget, you can always leave us the voicemail at 860-506-5571. Say goodbye, Ashley. Bye. Say goodbye, Jay. Bye. I love you, mean it. Simply Safe Home Security is like getting commercial grade enterprise level security, but for your own home. Think about the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all monitored 24-7 by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself with no tools needed, or Simply Safe's experts can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com/nolan today to get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com/nolan to save on home security today. simplysafe.com/nolan